So we were playing, uh, we were at my parents' house, right? And <laughs> this was like the first time they ever met her, right? And you know how it is. And, you know, I'm trying to, I don't want my parents to hate, you know, she wasn't my wife yet. She's my girlfriend. Didn't want them to hate her, you know. <laughs> so uh, we're playing this game. Uh, and I forget the name of the game, but it's a game where you got to throw down a card that matches what the main person has, right? And it's you lay down something funny or whatever, but that person decides which one's the best option, and then you win that round, right? Whatever the hell that game is. We're playing that, except for, except for it was the Bible edition, okay? And my wife kept losing. And so she just stands up. Whole family's gathered around, right? Like the whole family just ate dinner. Everybody's there in a jolly good mood, sipping some wine. Everything's chill. She keeps losing. And she just throws her cards up in the air and goes, I don't even like the Bible anyway. And I'm like, oh, we got to go. We got to go. (laughs) So that's, that. yeah, I don't think it worked out. They're all like. Welcome to the party. We are looking for more your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I'm joined today by my returning party members. Let's welcome back Renfell. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back the Nathan Napalm. What's up, guys? Glad to be here. I'm seeing Oh My Gods in chat. Oh My Gods in what? What's going on? What's wrong with everybody? I don't. I don't know. Oh, is it because I'm wearing glasses? Must be because I'm wearing. It's the glasses, man. I don't know. I'm sure if there's like something wrong with the, (laughs) with with the stream, they'll they'll be sure to let us know. Since we do this live on what Thursdays, five p.m. So if you're not here and you're catching up later, definitely, definitely consider joining us live. Because I'm telling you, the live show is a whole lot different than when you watch it on YouTube or just listen to it. You miss out on all kinds of things that you could see. Um, aside from that, and yes, Renfield's nostalgia balls. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to do it, but I was like, it's last second. I got to, I got to throw them in there. Started to pass it up. Yes. Yes. And before we dig in too far, friends, you know, we got to give a big shout out to all the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this party's bags packed and provision stock for all our adventures here on the show. And uh, we'd have no call-ins for today, but, you know, if you want to call in at one five three nine six six four six eight zero one, you can always do so. Leave us a voicemail. Be sure to let us know how we're doing. We'll play that here live as long as it's appropriate. And you can also go do the same by going to our iTunes. It's posted at the top of our Twitter, which is at the LFM show on Twitter. Go over there, check out the pin post, check out all of the podcast places and go over to iTunes. If you give us a five-star view and you make a note or comment something about the show, we'll read it here live too. Um, Gentlemen, the week's gone by like that. Snap of a finger. I still don't know what everybody is talking about in chat. I guess at some point they'll kind of let us know what that is. I'm not really too sure what the deal is. But uh, what have you all been up to, gentlemen? What, how's your week been? Let's catch up a bit. What's new in the world of Napalm and Renfell? <laughs> you want to go first, Nathan? I'm chugging water. Sure, sure, sure. So um, I've been playing New World still. Yeah. Um, Still having a lot of fun with New World, and um, I've been I've been really in the mood to play a really old game, you know, like something really old, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been for days just like trying to figure out what exactly do I want to play this old game. 
Well, today I found out that like in 2020, some awesome fan remade the entirety of the original Legend of Zelda, and it looks glorious. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I believe I believe I'm going to be dipping my toes in that uh, starting tonight, probably. Wait, where is where can someone find it's, this? It's just if you just look up Zelda Remake 2020, you'll find it. Uh, but they they took sprites from uh, what was that called? I didn't play it because it was just like it wasn't a real Zelda game, but um, it was like a rogue. It was a roguelite uh, Zelda thing. They took the sprites from that and from other various things, and maybe they made a bunch of their own. I don't know, but they recreated that entire game. It looks freaking phenomenal. Uh, I can do a post of it in chat. I'll, yeah, I'll let's see it, man. Absolutely. I'm super curious, man. I've been looking at a lot of Zelda stuff recently, too. Um, going through and just kind of like talking about, you know, all of the different, <laughs> excuse me, all of the different uh, timelines and all that stuff. Looking at all those details. And I saw someone had been making a, like, a, it was basically like the Carn of Time, like, uh, remake. Uh, not really a remake, but it was like a, uh, someone was going in and basically doing an Unreal Engine 4. And I was like, I was checking some of those videos out. I forget the name. Uh, but it was on YouTube. It was like pretty interesting, super clean, looked really nice. Um, but yeah, definitely want to want to see what you've been talking about. What about you, Renfell? Uh, well, my wife's been out of town for a few days, so I have had an abundance of free time, which I was giving you guys a little download on before the show. I've yeah. just been working nonstop on uh, stuff related to the launch of our um, Project Ramon, codename Project Ramon. Um so that's all we met with our lawyer on the 11th, got all the paperwork finalized, just spent the last few days getting all the websites up and going, all the social media channels, banners, logos, all that other stuff. We're working on the tabletop module, Man. getting all that prepped for the first of the year. Um, and then I'm actually getting ready to, um, I think Saturday I'm meeting with, and I got to I gotta tab over and look up his name because I don't remember his name. He's from your community, Volk. Volcanic Camp, yeah. Because he's got uh, the license and all the books and everything for Fantasy Ground. So I'm meeting with him Saturday morning, and he's going to give me like a crash course in Fantasy Grounds as I pick up my license and all the books that I need to run us through the Lost Mind of Fandelver. So that's that's been my mindset. Um, ordered Chris's headset, getting ready to order our costumes. My brother's got his costume. We spun up a Discord group with you guys and the other folks who are going to be participating. So mm-hmm. that's been my life. And I am still – I'm doing a lot of Star Wars World of Pope with my brother. Mm-hmm. I am still playing New World a little bit, but I have not been playing as much as I was. I got to admit, I kind of hit a bit of a <clears throat> the, the grind of needing to do fetch quests to keep up with the main storyline has pissed me off. I haven't logged in in two days, and I was playing every single day for like two, three hours in the last two days. I was like, I'm not feeling it right now. I'm going to give myself a few days break, um, jump back in, because I'm almost to the next dungeon. And the dungeon, at least the first dungeon, which Nathan just put up a video of the other day, the dungeon, that first dungeon is really epic. And I've heard that the next dungeon is even better. Yeah. But it's just the quest grind, which is the same reason I never played Final Fantasy 14 at the beginning because I got pissed off. That's hit me with New World. I'm just like, so, oh, I don't so, want to have to do this. Let me give you a good uh, something that will make your life so much better. 
when you do decide to go back and play it, right? And I think taking a break from New World every once in a while is a good, healthy thing to do. But uh, it's not that kind of MMO, I don't feel like, where you just mm-hmm. literally play it and no life. It You will hate the game really quickly if you do that, in my opinion. But when you do decide to get back on, don't do those board quests. You have to do some because you have to do your faction stuff and get those points and etc. Do the quests that are in town. No, that, you that's run out what of I've them. been doing. I've I've completely yeah. avoided the. Oh, okay. Quests. You're getting tired. Those are pretty grindy too, but they're, they at least got some. At kind least of they have storyline, and yeah. most of them have voiceovers. It's just that what's what bothers me is that I have to do them. Yeah. To pursue the main quest, and I'm like, that's yeah. when I'm just like. You know what would solve everything? If they just increased the experience you yes. get from killing stuff. I, would, I wouldn't I mind to just go out and find a cool camp spot and just kill stuff, right? And supposedly, I know people in the guild have, have, have set up, like, I guess there's group areas where you can go with a group and, and you get lots of weapon XP. But that's mm. different than leveling xp you know what i mean it's like yeah. they're just they're just getting groups up to go grind weapon xp mm-hmm. to get points for weapons as opposed to they actually leveling up the character because my whole thing is i'm i'm hitting i'm almost to 60 hours by the way so um at at 45 hours i was already like level 30 right and it has slowed so far down that from level 30 i'm halfway through 32 i'm now mm. over 50 hours so i'm like another 15 hours and i've only gotten two levels and i've been doing all the city quests i'm harvesting like a madman crafting doing all those things and it's still like Ugh. yeah yeah i'm i so yeah it hits you around 20 low 20s that you start feeling yeah. that like oh here we go it's mmo time but the 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 thing I want to say real quick before we move on mm-hmm. is that I really wanted to play a Paladin build, but man, that life staff sucks so bad. I it am does. over it. I'm getting a hammer. I'm going hammer and, and sword and board. Yeah. That's still a Paladin, right? That's still a Hammer of justice, baby. Take it to the, take it to yeah. the creeps and the, you know, wait, <laughs> I'll I got, just role play a Paladin. I got some, I got some uh, comments in chat about nice eyes. Why? Thank you. They're custom Lightbringer. <laughs> people are if anybody's listening to this they're like wait what i guess you just had to be here to know right yep yeah i I might be gearing up for a a campaign of sorts i might be gearing up i just want to say real quick about that that if i don't see all 43 of you people when we do that i'm gonna be i'm I'm probably gonna i'm I'm gonna be upset i'm gonna be upset because (laughs) it's gonna be a lot of fun you guys gotta come support your man sam and come check that out yeah get that, that going Yes, it would be greatly appreciated. Also, lights justice reigns. Just, <laughs> just saying, lightbringer <laughs> stuff. I've been um, past week. Let me see what's happened since the last time we did this show. Um, well, I saw the light. <laughs> That's a sweet song from the eighties too. <laughs> and it opened up Ace my bass song. Opened up yeah, my it's bass, baby. <laughs> sorry. So, well, I mean. Would have to say it's all the sign, but then I probably get copyright copyright stricken on YouTube later or something. It's fine. It opened up my eyes. You saw the light. Yeah, I saw the light. Yeah, lift you up into the sky yeah. where you belong. <laughs> <There's something>. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Sure did. I don't know. I don't even know the actual lyric, but we'll make them work. It's, it's pretty freaking <laughs> close. It's close enough. Obviously, it's important that I come fully prepared. For all of the things in the future, yes, we're gonna be doing D and D. Yes, we're gonna be there. Yes, lights, lights, justice reigns. I've been um, 
taking a little bit of a break, a relax, a little bit of relaxation. Um, I was like, I was starting to realize last week, I was like feeling a little taxed, man. I've got website stuff to do. I've actually, none of it's posted over at ESOHQ right now, um, but I've been doing a lot of work on formatting and getting all the stuff together. I've had some a community member, Alfina, who's here, who's been helping to gather a lot, doing tons of the grunt work and like getting me all the info, you know, uh, well summarized. And now I'm like going through and doing the revisions and getting to posting it all on, on the, the new website and stuff. But, uh, you know, um, man, I've just, I've been, honestly, I've been playing a good bit of Elder Scrolls online. The, the bounties of Blackwood event was starting to feel a little taxing doing it every day. Cause I'm not, a I don't like doing daily stuff. They've, and they, they did this thing where, you know, you get to the end of that, that period. And it's like, well, here was a bonus event. And if you guys hit the marks for the bonus event, then we're going to do about eight days of, uh, <clears throat> essentially like double XP mats, all the stuff in the zones. So it's a good time to go level up in the game or to, you know, grind on things. If you want to like progress your skills, you want to progress your character level, new character, um, <clears throat> you want to farm mats, all that stuff. But Aside from that, a little bit of Fortnite here and there. Uh, it's kind of been a nice, it's been a nice unwind at the end of the day sort of game, but I don't play it like a ton. Um, honestly, I've been kind of like looking for the right get up so I can uh, have a little bit more of an, a paladin theme going on mm. or when we do the the D&D stuff moving forward, uh, coming up here in the near future. Did look at a little sneak peek that Renfell showed off. Can't can't talk about it. Can't confirm or deny anything about it. But it looks pretty, good though. I looks guess good. I, I can't say it looks cool. <laughs> can't say I'm pretty stoked, but that's about all I can tell you. Sorry. People love love and hate me for this because I'll totally tease. And I'll bring you right to the point of telling you about it, but then I'll tell you shit. <laughs> you, know I mean? you know you know why you're good at that you've played a lot of alphas you've played a lot of alphas that's yes, why you're good at this that. is a good this is a very fair point actually this is very you true. learn to do that you learn to go right to the, right border, to the border of the, of the of the freaking terms of service and then stop, stop. there nope. sorry no, kid no. right there i think you're right there <laughs> i saw something yep bring you right up to the cusp and then you feel like you're about to hear something I'm like but i'm afraid that's all i can say <laughs> yeah. oh man it's been good man it's been uh it's been good i've been getting some rest uh fall is here which is pretty exciting it's starting to cool off here and the leaves are starting to have that rustle sound as they're getting ready to you know mm. die and fall and speaking of like it. you don't no no it's depressing Aww. i get this is this Aww. is the depressing season for me everything's Aww. dying Aww. i get sad for no reason really? yeah See, no reason. oh no it's I'm in a different climate because where I'm at in Mexico city, we yeah. don't really have, we don't have the four seasons so mm -hmm. much. Yeah. So it's the rainy season just stopped about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And what we have right now is the end of summer and we're moving into fall, but it mm -hmm. takes like two to three full months for the leaves to actually completely change. And not all of them fall um, because it doesn't ever get that. It doesn't ever hit freezing here. So it, it does get down into the, mid 40s through winter time and then in the daytime it'll be up in the mid 50s maybe you know mid 60s for That's like november december january february um but it's it's also hit here because i noticed that i had to go from shorts to sweatpants when i was jogging in the mornings because it's been it's been getting down to like 55 it's like oh <laughs> today was actually a nice warm day though so i'm actually in shorts and a t-shirt today but uh it's starting to cool down here but i do miss fall because mm, i grew up in missouri so yeah. which mm. is next door to where you know where sims at so it's it's 
you get the full fo- foliage yeah. change. Yes. You get the, like my brother just sent me some pictures. He went with the kids to the pumpkin patch, and they do like uh, hay the hay mazes, um, yeah. hay bale mazes, and and all, all that stuff. So um, I do miss some of that stuff. And of course, one thing I do miss a lot that we don't do down here because it's not a custom is like the whole pumpkin pie and uh apple cider was the big thing i do oh yeah that hot apple cider during the fall like harvest season that's weird i mean there there are things i miss i Mm. do Ooh man that'll creep up on you ever clear and hot and warm apple you know like there's like a punchable you know put some nice warm apple cider in there some like orange peels you know i mean some Everclear, a little bit of like cinnamon and stuff won't taste a damn thing put you on your ass yeah that's a that's what that's what we call where i'm from a yankee man's moonshine yeah oh yeah yankee i've man's never heard that close, I've close heard enough that. it's close enough right yeah. like yeah also a nice uh, spider-man shirt i see this is that a spider-man shirt that i'm seeing oh it is yeah this is super old man it looks way better on camera in real life this thing is like falling apart <laughs> <laughs> those situations where the camera adds positive dude i looked at i'm looking at this zelda remastered fan-made hd update for yeah. the original that yeah. has linked to the past vibes yeah but even seems more cleaned up than that doesn't it damn yeah it does it's because very- this this was that, um, remember Nintendo, man, I wish I could wow. think of the name of it. Nintendo gave that indie developer the rights, which is super bizarre for Nintendo, to do like their game, but with Link. Uh, I, I just cannot think of the name of that game because uh, I don't play those kind of games. But anyway, this is sprites from that. So wow. it was like made with love and care, and those sprites were officially stamped by Nintendo. So that's why it looks so legitimate i see so many links here is the problem i mean which is the official link um to to not that i have time right now but you can share just point me in the right direction later oh yeah yeah i will i will yeah sorry the link i shared is just so i wanted you guys to see what i was talking about yeah the article so this is like under their umbrella of like this is one of our games you can totally get it you can play it you can all of it huh yeah, yeah, oh, supposedly. I mean, I haven't started playing it yet, but supposedly it never got uh never got the ban hammer because it's not a it's not a whole game, it's actually just a uh, a mod for the original oh. game. So Nintendo's left alone so far. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. This is pretty cool. I'm going to have to definitely yeah. like look into this cuz Zelda 1, man, is like that's nostalgia. It's such mm. a good game. Yeah, classic. It was funny um my my six-year-old nephew, because my brother's been uh, rebuilding one of the hobby projects that we've had over the last year and a half was rebuilding old handhelds and consoles and reselling them. So he's done a lot of the Game Boys and old Nintendos and stuff. So I guess uh, he uh, he had my six-year-old nephew log in and try to play Zelda, and he got extremely frustrated <laughs> because he's been playing like more modern games. Yeah. And then he went back to play that, and he was having so much fun. And then he just like mm. mad, kept dying over and over, <laughs> and, and he was not happy. He Dude, wasn't having any those of those no. old Nintendo games do not hold your hand. No, not no, and, at all. And with uh, the original, you you had to die to save your game too. So like they expect you to, they just expected you to die a crap ton of times. Yeah, yeah. In Zelda two though, man, that dying comes at a cost if you're trying to progress, man. Yeah, that's a brutal freaking. It game, is, man. and I I can proudly say I beat that. I'll brag about this till the day I freaking die. 
because my brother had to use a ROM to do it. Saying, Shazad, <laughs> if you're there, if you or he had used ROMs to get through it, I did it the old school hardcore way, and that shit hurts. Hurts. Hurt. I did. You, I did it when I was a kid. Dude, I did it. I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, same like, man. No, no strategy guide. Didn't nothing. Call the Nintendo number. No. Nothing. Uh, Just didn't a lot rely of... on friends though. I would oh, yeah. go back to oh, school yeah. and be like, "Hey, man." Who am I supposed to be freaking talking to here? I can't. That's find not cheating. That. That's not cheating. Yeah. We value no. that interact kind of. That's the beauty of gaming is like when you talk to you know the community bit right that was there. Yeah. You know you go yeah. back in the day you play a game you go your buddies had you're like dude I was playing this and I got this level and then and then this happened what do I do and then they're like oh do this and then you're like oh okay you know there was no like there was no like guide yeah. or imagery it was just like you know you draw each other freaking on a piece of paper maybe. Or something. I think it was King's Quest Six. I totally. Uh, we were at the mall. I remember doing this. We were at the mall, and we went into Babbage's. I think is what it used to be called. Oh my god! Um, yeah. Which is games. It was GameStop years yeah. ago. Um, and uh, like my my, I can't remember exactly what happened. I just remember my mom let us go in there for a few minutes, and I ran to the back. And like went to the strategy guide because I was stuck on this <laughs> part of the game, and she wasn't gonna let me buy the strategy guide because they were like twenty bucks or whatever mm -hmm. it was. But I like flipped through it, found the thing that I wanted, and was like, okay, cool. And then I got home and was able to get past that part, and that was the only. But I remember being stuck. I think it was like the the wall where you have to climb up to get to the Minotaur caves, and there was you had to figure out the symbols to clear. I don't remember. It was it's been so long ago, but I do yeah. remember that one time where it was like. I'm going to go sneak peek at the strategy. Game I remember doing that, that too. I, to be honest with you, I forgot about those days where you would be at the store and there'd be like a strategy guide that hadn't sold yet, but it was like the pages were completely used because kids were just getting to the part they were stuck at to figure out what they had to do next. And you, what's funny about back then though, most kids would just go find that one part. They wouldn't keep yep. reading. They just like, yep. oh, that's how I get. Okay, yeah. that's all I need that's, to know. That's you it. know, I don't, I don't want to keep reading and know what to do for the next hours. I just want to know I'm stuck for a long time. My, so, this just popped into my head too. You were just talking about kids going in and flipping through and things like that. Um, is this still a thing? Because I haven't been to a Barnes and Noble in. I don't know if either of you guys have been. Everybody in the comments can let me know. Ages, yeah. Um, I remember mid to late 90s one of the things that i used to do when i was a, in my mid to late teens got my license and you know um would you could go into barnes and noble and they had the coffee shop and they had like s chairs and couches and i mean it was it was a place for you to literally you could take a book off the shelf and read the whole book if you wanted to like if you had yeah. all day and you were paying for a coffee or whatever um and it, it wasn't frowned upon to do those can you still do that or is Barnes and Noble now just a retailer where you just go mm, buy books? Dude. No, you can you can still do that. Um you don't see people doing it as often anymore. Um and Barnes and Noble is a lot weirder than it used to be, um, because they've tried to, you know, they're trying to keep up with the times and so, you know, big on Kindle sales mm. and stuff like that, gift cards and et cetera, et cetera. But they still got books, plenty of them. And uh you do, you know, they still got the little coffee area. Um and all that. So as far as I'm aware, I'm pretty wow. sure you still can. I've done that since high school. The end of I haven't high school, either. Uh, honestly. Just, you got me thinking about going into places Jeez. and like flipping through books. And I was like, I remember I used to go in and I would read because yeah. I'd, I'd have two, three hours to burn. And I'd just go hang out in Barnes and Noble with my friends. And we would like four or five of us get together. We just like take the couches and read books. Um, 
you know, for four or five, you know, three or four hours, excuse me. And then, you know, you buy something once a week or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I just realized, guys, I was kind of just glancing over at chat and scribbles for some reason in my brain as I was just glancing. I thought Simurg was talking to himself uh, in <laughs> chat. I was, I was like, looking over like, what is he doing? I mean... You know, we, it made me sad like that one time we found out some devs were doing that. But anyway, but anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. Anyway, we're not gonna get into that. Oh, this is totally an off screen. <laughs> this is an off the show chat that just made its way in. Filth, Nathan. Filth, but also fucking hundred percent true. I, I, you know, when the doors open, sometimes you can't help but walk dude, through. Dude, you I'm can't sorry. help it, dude. That... I opened the door and I was like, okay, now I gotta walk through it. I, you know I did it. Fuck now. it. Hold on. No, <laughs> this is what we do on this show, dude. I'm just gonna say it. I'm not gonna no, say but... any names, but I am gonna say it. Dude, okay. it's sad if you don't do anything to promote your game, if you don't engage with the greater community, which means outside of your bubble on forums or a small little discord, if you're doing nothing to grow your community, right? And maybe even you're doing something shady. I mean, presumably happens all the time. Maybe. Could be, maybe, know. I don't know. Could seem that way under certain circumstances, somewhere, sometime with some games somewhere. How ambiguous. But my point is, is that when you don't actually engage a community and you're like working towards building a game or something, and then you get to a point where it's like, we're getting ready to launch the game. It's like, you can't just go one day and go, hey, we got a game, we're gonna do it, and expect that a community is just gonna pop up out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. I've seen yeah, communities so, are built. Yeah, like it's like these indie devs, you see them, and look, I'm not knocking them. This is like, I think a year ago, Nathan, right? When we were having talks about certain like uh, indie studios with like one or two people, and how I went and I played it and stuff join a discord you jump in there no one's really talking you go to their twitter it's got like the guy who made the game is running it but doesn't ever even talk about the game doesn't promote it you jump in maybe the game's good maybe it isn't maybe there's something to showcase maybe there isn't but they're not showing really anything and then one day it's just like the game is now live and it, it launches and you're like expecting that people are just going to be there or like yeah. well i put it on steam so it's just going to happen like it doesn't work that way especially these days you got to build community around that game. You got to hustle. You got to hustle. You got to build community. You got to work at it. You got to go out there and be com communicative. And we've talked about so many times on the show how, how important that interactivity and building community and actually, um, and, you know, <laughs> sorry, talking to himself. Hold on. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what the title of that clip <laughs> is exactly, but now I, gotta, I can look at it. Watch it. The point is, though, right, is like you've actually got to go and you got to hustle and you got to work towards engaging with people, man. Just because you go yep. make a Twitter and decide to talk to yourself doesn't mean. Yeah, and you can't just people can't are going to be on, there. Yeah, you can't just get on Twitter and make another account and talk no. to yourself. Right. Like that, no. that, that doesn't help anything. Right. Like it's weird. If you're making if you're making a game, the best way to build a community is find four people, whatever, uh, whatever you got, right? And start playing the game with them and then show it to people, right? Like, here's just some people playing a game together that we're developing, right? That would build community. I've seen developers do stuff like that before, and that worked. Oh, but it takes a while, 
you know, um, but I've seen developers do that many times and that works. <laughs> Just make sure those four people aren't the only ones testing, playing a game or commenting on your Twitter or the only ones you tell about those places. You're right. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta Jeez. grow your audience by, uh, but you gotta, you, you gotta have a game first of all. Have that, that'd be like me going live every Thursday to do this podcast and not talking to anybody but you two and going, hey guys, let's be there and make sure you're you're there. Let's make mm -hmm. this thing big, right? I just need you two to be there. People will be there, but you guys got to be there to make that happen. That doesn't work. These guys yeah. got to tell their friends, right? Their friends got to tell their friends. You got to talk about, you got to go to Twitter. You got to tell your friends about it. You know, ask them to like be a part of the freaking community and process. You know, it's like going live on Twitch and thinking just because you went live, a bunch of people are going to show up. It doesn't. It's like, yeah, that'd be a hard people got to know you're reality. there. Yeah, yeah. people yeah, got to know you're there. Yeah. And it is it is amusing. The talking to yourself thing makes me laugh so hard. Um, <laughs> you you got to it's got to be organic. It can't be when you're doing it by yourself like that, you're you're attempting to make it look as though there is something when there's nothing. It's like the brand account posts something and then somebody says, like responds to it, like when they were the one who made the post on the brand account and then they're using their personal Twitter to respond to that as if they're an outside person. You, come on, like there needs to be real organic communication going on between right. people who are excited about something. Um, it does, and it does take time. Um, it takes time, um, depending on the project, too. Um, yeah, and I'll tell you something else on that subject, too. If I made a brand new YouTube channel right now, right, mm -hmm. and I called it whatever, all right, which I was going to do that at one point. I was going to do one called, which I still may do it, but uh, the full napalm, right, or something like that. Guess what? Some of my people will go to that, right? But I'm True. it's still like starting almost over, right? Like, yeah. Sim, you know, you, start, yes. you, you split your content up. Into three places, and, and it, four technically. Although mm -hmm. some of there's some synergy, some yeah, still because each yep. one's a different kind of thing, you're still it's yep. kind of ground roots again, right? So, yeah, yeah, and you know, you know, when you're like the whole thing about just like, you know, what you know, what it this is what it's like if you just decide to hit the go live button and expect people to get there, it's it's basically this like, hey, my name, my real name is Phoenix, right? It's like, hey, hey, Simorg, uh, I heard you got a you got a show. Yeah, Phoenix, I've got a show. It's going to be on 5 p.m. on Thursdays. I'd really like for you to be there. I, I'm excited. I know if we just if we just go live, I think whoever's there is going to enjoy it. Oh, man, I'm totally going to be there. I'm super down, right? I'm excited I'm going to be there. I can't wait to see what you're up to. Awesome, man. I'm, I'm really excited you're going to be there. That's really great. I, I can't wait to see I don't you know, there. Man. This kind of seems like a pretty good show to me. I don't know. I think I might watch that. <laughs> I, the, the thing about that situation is I'm only talking to myself. Sounds great <laughs> in my head. Nobody else knows about it. Yeah. The only time I've seen it work is for role-playing purposes. Back in the day, I used a two-box EverQuest 2 a lot, three-box DQ1, and I would do role-play scenarios where I was interacting with my own characters for the for the benefit of the audience, yeah. which was the guild or the group mates or anything else. That's completely different than yeah. trying to sell a product that's and a build a point. community. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially when your product needs a community, right? Yes. There's some 
some products you don't need community, right? They ha usually gain them anyway over time. But like you know, if you're selling uh, if you're selling Coca Cola, you don't need you don't necessarily have to have big fanboys running around with loving Coca Cola, right? It, it happens, but uh, you don't need it. But like when you're building an MMO, you gotta have it. It's like you gotta the number have one thing. Ooh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have, have it. it. Oh, MMO. <laughs> Oh, I'm not saying that that's the example. I'm just saying yeah. that's that, I'm, not I'm, not, I'm not either. I'm not either. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I resonated. Well, I can think of at least one of those that that might relate to. No, I can actually think of multiple, to be honest. I can actually think of multiple, sadly. You know yeah, what? I can't do Dude. I am. How's how's the look looking for D and D stuff? I I've been looking for like a get up, right? Y'all saw my glorious Lightbringer eyes, and if you didn't, then I will happily show you them again. Like ignore the letters; they don't really exist. They're just the Matrix, right? That's pretty cool. Like you know, that's pretty not too shabby, not too bad. I got the Lightbringer eyes. I found them. I swapped to Dark Side semis a little bit but don't don't look too deeply into them or you might find your way into hell according to legend <laughs> don't know how that works though if you're a light bringer and anyway i digress the point is though is um i've been looking at like trying to find like maybe some like some sort of like night like spalder palder pauldrons or whatever and then like maybe something i could wear like maybe a shirt whatever that I could wear for these specific things and you know but then i was thinking about it and i was like hell yeah hell yeah the background might ruin my the immersion of that, though, huh? Not too much, because you got to think too. I, I and this is something we'll have to work the kinks out of once we get everybody on the screen of it. Because I'm going to have to build an overlay, and we're going to have seven, a minimum of seven people on the screen, plus whatever we're showing. So we might not be getting the full background because um, we have to do some cropping to get everybody on screen in a nice organized way. Um, and still show off the uh, fantasy grounds to the to the viewers. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I don't think yeah. it's going to take away from it too much. Yeah. Um, I'll get real close, like really, really close, so that people can enjoy yeah. the glorious like I. I want to. Uh, I'm going to redo my office uh, here here this weekend because I want there to be a little space. Because uh, I like I'd like to be able to have a little room. You know what I'm saying for some role playing. Sure. I don't want to feel like like if I feel like I'm like I've only got this right. I can't even really, I, I can put this arm out, but not this one, right? It I, That restricts my creativity. You know what I'm saying? Does That's that make a good sense? idea. I wish I had more space because literally this is less than two feet behind me. Like I'm touching it right now. Yeah, from yeah. Right there. And if I roll back too far, you can't see it moving, but I'm already up against it right now. So this is about as far back as I can get. So I can't really jump up and, right. and move around, which is, And I want to be know, able to do that. I want to be, you know, yeah. I want to do some stuff. I want to have some fun with it, you know. I mean, I got room around me. I can just be like, ah, you know, swing with raw, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I want to be doing some of that and, you know, just have, I just want to go all Raise out. Use the man. hammer. Oh, like, this is going to be epic. Man, <laughs> Renfield's nerdy out. He's like, Yeah, and I'm like, Lights Justice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. I just kind of what's funny though about DD really. is like when we first start, it's super scary, <laughs> like, you can die so quickly, and it's just like game over. So, I ain't charging it, shit early on. It's okay, super scary at first. It's like, Uh, okay, how many? There's three goblins. Oh, god. 
please don't hit the oh, lizard. We saw <laughs> we saw what happened in Nathan's choose your own adventure when you decided to just take a small little adventure forward. <laughs> one yeah. shot, one kill. Yeah, D-E-D dead, dude. All all the options that said charge whatever, nobody picks no. those. Everybody was smart enough to be like, no, not clicking charge. We're not charging nothing. <laughs> I thought I'd pick the runner up to that and got smashed. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn. I was like, okay, <laughs> man, dude, honestly, I've been looking, what are you, what are you guys thinking about using? Like I kind of talked about what I'm going for. What are, you, what are you all thinking about in terms of get up? Do you want to spoil anything or, I mean, it's not where we're showing anything, but just kind of talking ideas a little bit. I know that um, my brother's going to be playing a rogue. Mm -hmm. um, and he shared the costume in that discord chat. I also shared oh. it on my, on my, on in my discord. Right. Yeah, he got it for like twenty five bucks. He just got like a generic Robin Hood costume on Amazon nice. uh, for trick or treating with his kids, and then he's gonna use that for the game campaign. I've just found a, um, I found a couple different. I'm just gonna go because I'm since I'm doing the dungeon master, um, I'm just gonna go for the generic wizard because I actually have a beard now, so I can pull oh, it off. Fun. So I'm just and I haven't decided if I'm gonna get one that has a big enough cowl that I can put the headset on underneath the cowl, or if I'm gonna have the headset on over the cowl because I don't. I can't do an open mic here because the acoustics don't, we can't do that here. So I have to use a headset. Um, so I'm going to get a, a hood for myself. I do have, my brother sent me a cool Hobbit pipe uh, last year. Ah. I'm probably, probably going to, oh. it's not like a Gandalf pipe, but it is a cool, um, there's this company in Missouri. I think it's called Meacham pipes or something, but they do corn cob Hobbit pipes. And so oh, I've yeah. got this corn cob pipe. So I'm gonna go get some pipe tobacco for that, and and probably do that a little bit on the first stream. I love um, it. Nice. Now, Chris, now, do you do you mean you're just gonna have the pipe, or are you in a situation where it will actually there'll be some smoke and some oh, puffing? I will be smoking the pipe. Oh yes, there's nothing better than a DM puffing on his uh, on his pipe as you're trying to figure out what the what the hell you're gonna yeah, do. I love it's, it. It's it's gonna be fun. Um, and then. Chris, she doesn't know what she's playing yet. We just know she's going to be a wood elf because she already told me. She's like, I'm going to put my hair in braids. Oh, I'm going nice. to put stuff in my braids. And I'm, I'm like, well, if you're going to be doing that, I could probably get you like and I mentioned this before the show. I think I'm going to maybe get her like a, maybe a circlet or two, probably a hood or a cloak or something. Nice. I don't know if we end up having her do like a ranger. I might get her like a prop bow or something. I haven't decided yet, um, but I'm going to be looking at costumes this weekend. I already ordered her headset yesterday, so that's coming soon. Nice. Um, I really, yeah. I really, when we were setting this up, I, I wanted so bad to say, hey, I'll get my wife to play. I really <laughs> wanted to, but she is a really sore loser, like really <laughs> sore. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Just not do that to her, you know. D and D's pretty so rough. We just don't make it. We just don't let her die. That's that's. Yeah, sure. <laughs> don't make any rash decisions. I don't traditionally <laughs> kill off characters in any of my campaigns. So if that would inspire her to want to play, yeah. I would say you should you should see about that. Let me let me let me just tell a story to kind of lay a picture here, okay? <laughs> so we were playing. Uh, we were at my parents' house, right? And this was like the first time they ever met her, right? And you know how it is. And, you know, I'm trying to, I don't want my parents to hate, you know, she wasn't my wife yet. She's my girlfriend. Didn't want them to hate her, you know. <laughs> so uh, we're playing this game. Uh, and I forget the name of the game. But it's a game where you got to throw down a card that matches what the main person has, right? And it's, you lay down something funny or whatever, but that person decides which one's the best option. And then you win that round, right? Whatever the hell that game is. We're playing that, except for, except for it was the Bible edition, okay? <sighs> And my wife kept losing. 
And so she just stands up, whole family's gathered around, right? Like the whole family just ate dinner. Everybody's there in a jolly good mood, sipping some wine. Everything's chill. She keeps losing. And she just throws her cards up in the air and goes, I don't even like the Bible anyway. And I'm like, oh, we got to go. We got to go. (laughs) So that's, that. yeah, I don't think it worked out. They're all like, yeah, and she's just like, she's like, I meant, I meant on the drive home. I was like, I cannot believe you just said that. And she's like, oh. I meant, I don't like the Bible edition. Why would you make an edition of this game on the Bible when the, the whole point of the game is to like make fun of stuff? How are you supposed to make fun of Moses? Like, you know, like I don't like it. And I was like, well, you should have worded it a little, <laughs> a little better. <laughs> it's like somebody going, this game sucks anyways. But instead, the word that was substituted there was. Bible. Just bash the whole religion. Yeah, they're just like, no, like, no, I meant, I meant, I spoke in anger, I frustration. <laughs> oh, that's so, so yeah, funny, you, man. You won't be joining us in D and D. I just checked that link you sent there too, Nathan. The knight in shining armor costume. Yeah. Now that I'm just, I'm just throwing like, there's lots of stuff like that out there. I think that one's probably a little cheesy. You probably don't want that particular one. I found one I like because it looks like a lower level warrior. It's not. He's not like wearing two crazy of armor it's kind of like some leatherish looking stuff yeah um, i figure as we progress maybe and i get better equipment upgrade upgrade i thought about that too yeah that'd be cool yeah upgrade and you go from like wearing like maybe a little bit of like leather or whatever to like upgrading to like more you know and and looking. if somebody if somebody tames a wolf or something just remember i got puppets man we can we can really play this out all the way <laughs> <laughs> oh man dude so you know we got we got we we just ended up nerding out 40 minutes over Whoops. this was our intro <laughs> we're pretty excited anyway, about this anyway let's start the show and if, let's if you want if you want to go if you want to go full blown Jeez. here's this website i've been following oh. for years um, okay let's take they're a, a i want to say they're a, they're either they they started uh, off in Poland oh. or somewhere. They do oh, high end. They do movie costumes. They do Renaissance festival stuff. They do. Oh man, you they have some of the. It's called arms for the. I, I should just drop this. You should I just drop it. it. Oh, oh my gosh, it. dude. Oh, yeah, no, it's expensive quality. too. Whoa. But it's, they have some. It's a medieval and LARP store is what they do. So it's all about live action role playing costumes. Damn. And I'm telling you, I've looked at some of the stuff. I've been like, I ought to just get my wife a couple of these because I just don't know if the shipping time is the only question. Um, uh, yeah. So, this but is this might made. Right. This is all custom. Later. Yeah. This is what we could upgrade to oh as a, in theory. As we get deeper into the campaign, we get a match. You know, plus one enchanted cloak. Boom! Go blow two hundred fifty bucks. Jeez, yeah. dude. This is cool, though. Holy crap! This is like really good, man. So I've been following their Facebook page for I gotta say six or seven years now. Um, they do Jeez. some amazing costume work. Um, it's actually not that expensive, but um, you know, it's not cheap either. Um. But they got some really cool stuff if you want to nerd on on that. Uh, yeah, but it's on. not exactly like this is this is very clearly made high quality. Like this yes. is yeah, really good. Like you said, this is like movie material. There's also right. another guy, um, and I don't Jeez. remember off the top of my head right now, 
Um, he's a leather worker in Vancouver and he does a bunch of stuff for movies and films, but he also has a Patreon account, a YouTube show, and he shows off how to make leather stuff and he makes bags and armor and all this other stuff. Um, let me see if I can find that. Um, can't remember either. Yeah, this is badass, dude. This is really good. Jeez. Holy crap. Yeah, this is high quality. Yeah, Arm Street has some really cool stuff. Um, yeah, if y'all are watching this and you're in our Discord, I would encourage you to drop this in like the variety channel or somewhere because I would love to see other things like this. This is freaking just phenomenal, man. Really good quality. Like that, yeah, that lady, the Morning Star one. Jeez, dude, that that looks sick. Anyway, dark hmm. here it is, Dark Horse Workshop. That's this dude. Um, I'm gonna share his YouTube because I'm just gonna put it in the Twitch channel. Yeah, sure. Um, because he has a website too, but he's he does um he does leather work for films and TV shows in Vancouver. But he also has him and his wife, I believe, um have their own little studio, and they do like he'll he'll share all the templates on Patreon, his designs and everything else. He'll teach you how to make the bags, how to make what? belts, how to make like he's got a bunch of pauldrons on here, um, spaulders, uh, leather canteen uh van braces leather legs greaves uh just uh i've been following him for years wow. as well he's got some really cool stuff good, so, good name too i like his logo yeah. sick yeah he does a lot of really cool stuff but it's primarily le- uh leather work um Dang, so that's another man. place you can dive into that's cool oh my gosh i'm so gonna look at all this after we get done uh what did we get done today really good really good stuff man holy hell um yeah, that one you sent Nathan too. That's pretty. That's definitely like a you leveled up and became a true beacon of lights, justice in the realm. Um, we've got some news. We've got. I gotta. I gotta share. This is like in the domain of. Uh, now, Renfield, you dropped by one of my streams recently and shared this. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna share it too. For Did the people I? Which that one? play Lotro. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody needs to know this. Even if you only play Lotro once a year, casually, you don't. You don't play. This mm. is going on until the end of November. You need to go claim this on your accounts because it's like every single DLC they've put out since the game launched. Now that's slightly different than the expansion content, but yeah. there are literally I would I would estimate there are thousands of quests in this. Um, even though I play I pay on a sub, I went ahead and just claimed these anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have my old European account. I logged in there for the first time in years and claimed it on those accounts as well um, because they're giving this away for free until the end of November, I believe. And it's just, it's, or until 1st of November, and the dates are in the link. It's so much content. Um, it's just so much content. It's ridiculous. And it's also the best time right now, correct me if I'm wrong, to get the expansions if you want to do them too, right? Like they're, they're lower price as well, right? possibly um i don't know what discounts are going on right now but i know they've got an expansion launching really mm-hmm. soon which is revamping the legendary editions for the first time since the mori expansion all the way back oh, nice. in 2009 um and also uh harvest festival just kicked off so they're doing all sorts of promotions right now so if you're if you want to dabble in lotro now would be the time even if we just in a free-to-play account because you can get those all those quest expansion excuse me not expansions all those quest packs yeah for free on your account it's a ridiculous amount of content really on is. top of what they already give you for free absolutely nice. is yeah i'm gonna i mean i'm i don't know when i'm gonna play next i was gonna try and play it more here recently 
I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do, I'm going to just dedicate and do some time in Final Fantasy 14 and do my Lotro. No, you're not, dude. No, you're not. At the very least, at the very least, you should log in and claim it because I am going if, when and if you ever get around it's to there. it, then you'll have it at your yeah. disposal. Tons of content in like there. My brother got a really good deal last holiday season. They were running like all of the launch, like the original, the original base game, which is the Shadows of Angmar. Um, some of that stuff is included in your free to play, but there's some quest packs or regions that they don't include unless you buy the region or are a subscript subscriber. Right. Um, and usually it's like 25 or 30 bucks to buy all the quest packs. And they ran a deal last year for like $5. So my brother was like sold. And, and cause we already own the, the quad pack, which I don't know that they sell anymore. Cause that's mm-hmm. Moria. Uh, was it Moria Mirkwood? Isengard and Rohan we got that for 40 bucks years ago but it doesn't include like some of the early regions and he got that for like four or five bucks last year so you can always pay attention to when they're running deals and you can get some really uh really good stuff there oh my gosh dude I have so many people going look at this in chat oh sim you're looking for something to play next might I suggest new world I'm getting I've got a whole community that's been like hey sim come on over buddy Look, it's a whole new world. You got to come play. You got to get you some. <laughs> hey, you know, if if you're, you know, the, check out these amazing looking screenshots. Look at how beautiful and everything. <laughs> it is beautiful. I, it, it is beautiful. Look, I have, I had a Vendus, one of my guildies who like linked, I don't even know how many like images of the environment. He literally went, ran around, took pictures, sent them to me. And I was like, damn, it's looking good. I'm not a big fan of like, you know, like the the japanese architecture or whatever that what it is they actually have there i don't know if it's the japanese or chinese architecture or whatever the culture specifically it is or if it's even either of those because it's i don't know different it's different culture it's different architecture in different parts of the island because yeah the island is made up of lots of different cultures right. from, this, from over the millennium hodgepodge right it's like it different. is a hodgepodge on the island so depending on the region you're in you've got different uh yeah. different architectural styles represented i've mainly only been in the areas where it's mostly looked well that's not true i ran down mm-hmm. there's a there's a starter area that's got more of the oriental kind of uh right uh design i did see that but mostly what i've seen has been like more of the you know german um european and then, style. I, i'm sure because i think it's one of your videos i saw you've also probably noticed like the one of the areas i can't remember the name of it now but you go in and it's like all these like pyramid temples and it's very mayan oh, um, i think i've seen that it's, one oh, yes it's yeah. very mayan in its take but then like when you get over to the amrine expedition area there's all like these spheres that are like half sunken into the ground all over the place and you're like what the fuck is this from because it's not any sort of like known you know, archaeological style. So it's like something science fiction or something made up. We don't know, but there is yeah. a, it's, it's kind of cool the way they've done some of the mixtures. And then like when I was in Amrine, I was looking around going, this looks like, I think in the stream that I did, I was like, this looks like Prometheus, like the Ridley Scott alien movie, oh, Prometheus, like, nice. with yeah. like the giant heads and everything else that we were joking about. Well, if something jumps out to hug your face, run. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> true. Jeez, man. I've been, um, watching like i've been living vicariously through others but the the thing that i keep hearing come up is the quest the grinding quest bit, yeah it's which i which kind of made real. made me look the real the reality is is like i'm i'm so dug in working on a site for the Elder scrolls online and maintaining all the the podcast stuff and ashes focused, baby. i'm super focused man on all the stuff already it keeps me really busy so for me to to like edge like to be quite frank, to quite honest here, that for me to dedicate time to another MMO 
it's got to feel like it's going to be worth worth my time and and right now i don't feel confident that it would be no plus you're me. you're in the middle of trying to get your eso site completely yeah it's out. a so lot that, that's that's a lot of work and it is it needs a lot to of work. Your focus right now. yeah it does i i'm i'm torn because i like new world i also completely abandoned pathfinder wrath the yeah. righteous like 60 hours in because i was like i'm just gonna go play new world now i come back to this it's a single player game but then i also abandoned final fantasy 14 and like all the press the last 48 hours everybody talking about you know they're doing reviews now early reviews of Endwalker, how it's mm-hmm. the biggest expansion final fantasy 14 has ever seen mm-hmm. it's the it's the coolest expansion ever and i'm just sitting here going i really need to hurry up and finish new world so i get back to final fantasy 14 and, and finish mm-hmm. that because i need to try to get as close as i can by november whatever and i've still got i got not only do i have to finish heaven's ward i have to get through two more expansions that's all before i can even get to Endwalker. oh that's so, all that's all yeah. you don't got anything to do you can do that man wait oh I, I wait don't. a minute well i yeah i just yeah yeah and and for anybody <laughs> that doesn't know Endwalker is obviously pompey's 14 is oh. doing really good it's gonna keep going but this is the end of this story arc right so Whatever happens beyond this will be new and not dealing with the story currently uh, in the game. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that because traditionally they've given like two years between. So I would assume that they're going to give Endwalker post, mm. uh, you know, a DLC content. I don't know what they call it. Like they they come yeah. out with pat, patch content is what patches, they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure there's going to be stuff. I would assume, but they might just have an ending to that, and that's the end. Um, and then they'll lead up to something else, but it'll be interesting right. to see that. Yeah, and what the reason I think it's so interesting, and I want to follow it definitely, is um, I want to see because what how they ended the original fourteen, right? To start Abraham Reborn it was cool so like screwed up that it's like, dude, these guys don't care. You know what I mean? Like this could be, especially coming in with twenty. You know, 24 million players is what they announced yesterday or today. You know, if they have the opportunity to shake things up in a way that would, that would, yeah, you're going to make some people upset, but also it's a, it's a, it's that spectacle and it's the train wreck and, and not in a bad way though. That's the bad, that's a very bad analogy to use. Let's just use spectacle. It's that thing that is so out there that you can't help but be drawn to it and attracted to it and now that they've got so many more eyes on the project than they did years ago they have the potential to do something groundbreaking and just like melt it all down and come out again start again you know yeah Yeah. Uh, what what uh one thing i gotta say about that before we move on the next subject is uh that team uh yoshi p and his team uh that's making final fantasy 14 developing it are so keyed in on their community yeah. and what's going on. They recently did an interview with Asmongold uh, and Richie, uh, who has really just boosted their numbers and and the eyes of people on their game and drastically improved it um, as far as uh, uh, subscription numbers go, etc. So they did an interview where they where he pulled them in and personally Yoshi P and talked to them and like thanked them for playing the game and um, he didn't just come in like a like a businessman, like, oh, yeah, I really appreciate your support, and here's some things yeah. coming up in the future like you would expect. He had been watching because he was asking questions about things going on in their personal life they talked about on stream, you know, checking up on their family members, um, things that they had accomplished in he the game recently. Shit. He gave a shit. He knew his. he did it. Even if 
his assistant came and said, here's all the stuff going on. It doesn't matter. He was smart enough to know I'm not going to walk in this interview with these guys who's done so much for my game and not know what I'm talking about. I'm going to hit this, and I'm going to know, and I'm going to um, uh, really make an impact here. And it was – it was. if you haven't seen that interview, man, that blew me away. Like, man, this is how you run a freaking business right here. Man. I mean, I gotta, I gotta be real. <clears throat> that that team has seemed very, 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 very focused on their community, probably since the time they scrapped the servers, took the game down, and relaunched it. I mean, I think that was the first big indicator that they were really putting, you know, listening to their community and the feedback, like putting it first, really making it a priority. Nathan mentioned this in one of his videos recently. I don't remember which one it was, but he mentioned Final Fantasy XIV being the outlier um, of, of, you know, successful MMORPGs. And I would like to think that the reason they were able to overcome the FUBAR of a launch that they had was because they put community first. Yeah. And more than anything else, they cared about that aspect of it. And by continually focusing on that they've managed to become mm. what many would argue is now i don't want to use the word wow killer because a lot of people like to you know that's a that's yeah. a catchphrase that's thrown around but i would argue that it has become the dominating mmorpg on an international scale in a way that hasn't been seen since the mm -hmm. world of warcraft heydays 10 years ago you know what i mean like uh back when they had 12 million you know active subscribers or whatever right. it was I yeah, I mean, I'm even seeing like how many people say that like games like Elder Scrolls Online and like you know freaking Final Fantasy 14 are like solid choices. I mean, I I do. I mean, New World's got a lot of a very captive audience right now, but the real talk is it's going to diminish. Not because it's New World, because this is normal. Because that's the that's the trend, right? Yeah, launches, and it's funny. Yeah. It's funny how people uh, they're already saying the silly stuff like um, yeah. They're saying stuff like, oh, it had 700,000 uh, concurrent uh, users at launch and it's already down to 500,000. Like, bro, that's normal. First of all, yeah. first of all, those numbers were inflated because of the queue times. People were logging in and then going to work, right? Like, number one. Number two, it doesn't mean your MMO's dead because people leave no. within the first 30 days. That's freaking normal. People yes. try it, don't like it, move on. Like, or they like it, then they're like, but I don't have the time for it. So they move on. Or, yeah. they, you know, like, the same just, time they might have taken off from work that they could afford early on that they couldn't afford later. It's totally normal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And this one is a no subscription. So people don't yeah. feel guilty for not logging in every day. You know, that's a there's a big difference there. I.e. that's why I haven't felt guilty for the last two days. Cause it's like I, I played every day since launch and I'm already up to close to 60 hours with New World. And it was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a couple of days, just take a breather. Cause I don't I don't want to get burned out on it. Yeah. Cause I oh, do, I'm I'm in it. Well, I'm in it deep enough now that I, I need to at least finish the main storyline. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I, I don't feel compelled because I'm not paying that monthly subscription. Right. It's like, yeah, do it whenever I want. Yeah. And it's normal. Yeah. Man. It's and, normal. and I was, uh, I was talking about this, uh, um, on Monday on the, uh, MMOs one one show. There's some comments that are really crazy going on about uh, New World, right? There's really? this guy who's like, "Yeah, I'm 200 hours deep, and I'm telling you guys, uh, the game is just uh, it's it's uh, pretty bland. I'm getting pretty bored." 
Bro, I guess you are pretty bored. The game's not even been out very long, and you're already 200 hours deep, man. This is just not that kind of game, right? Like, right. I don't even feel like they advertise this game to be like a no-lifer kind of... No. You will burn out. New World is... There, there's those special people out there who won't burn out, right? But the average human being, this just is a game you will burn out in, all right? Like, you've got to pace yourself if you want to enjoy it and get through it. Uh, I highly recommend taking breaks and... Uh, playing other games whatever uh and yeah. just you know it's just not that kind of game man it's it's too grindy for that for one yeah. thing also that's a subjective that perspective right to one person they could have that perspective that guy had that perspective right that that may not be the case for someone else someone else right. could like that sort of like you know gameplay loop for themselves at the they get to max level or whatever. It's, well, fuck your game style. I'm the, mine's the only yeah. one that matters. Exa yeah, yeah. Exactly what the, that's the, exactly what the perspective yeah. is. It's like, yeah. I'll tell you who's going to really like this game for real. If you like to PVP, group PVP, yeah. like yeah. open world PVP, man, this is yeah. some pretty cool stuff for those kind of people, for and, sure. And, and it, yeah. I'm unchained. Yeah. So there so should be a lot out. of players out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, my my guild, like I may not be playing, but I've got a my guild's got a chapter over there that's been quite frankly, they've been kicking ass. They've been nice. they've been kicking ass. They've been doing Covenant. Good. Did they go Covenant? Yeah. 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 What is it? they they were like showing off and they're trying to entice me and they're like, look, it's like a justice, it's like a fist of justice with a middle finger. And I'm like, the <laughs> <laughs> big old F you and here's some lights justice with a you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The wings and stuff. And I'm just like, all right, that's really cool. But no, not enough, not enough, man. I'm not saying it's impossible. I might, I might play it down the road or whatever, but I, I kind of, this is what I'm just kind of sitting back and seeing. Cause you know, I have to see what it, what, it, what, it, how it all pans out. But the, the, the long and short of it, it's really great that they're actually, they're actually really doing well. They're doing a good job. They're, you know, they're, they're carrying the virtue banner. They're doing right by it. They're, representing us well and they're kicking some ass too while they're at it along with the the um you know the force that they're a bigger part of or the greater force that they're a part of that dominates but <clears throat> you know if there's games that like ashes that are coming out or other games that you're interested in, i think like you know camelon and chain stuff like that like there's aspects in this game that if you know you sort of haven't really tinkered in those domains before you know, games like New World are going to be a great opportunity for you to kind of get your feet wet and get an idea of what that's yeah. like. It's another option for people, even if it's not yeah. the game for them for the long haul. It's still, it's, a, it's, look, it's a new game. It's a new MMORPG. If you haven't tried some of these things, there's an opportunity to do that. I have already, you know, so I, I you know, I've already had these uh, opportunities before. So for me, it doesn't appeal on that level where it might for other people too. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of positive things, and I mean, there's a lot of reason to try it out. What's the worst that's going to happen? You go pay the play the also, box cost. You get tons of hours of gameplay. It, you yeah. get you get the you can still have that experience of value of a box cost game that might even be single player. Only it's an MMORPG, and if you choose not to play it beyond that, cool. And you're not even locked into a sub, so it's like that, this, that's something I do want to point out that I think yeah. is, it works in its favor. It's only 40 bucks. That is a relatively low, low cost yeah. for a triple a product. Yep. And considering I'm mid fifties, 55 ish ish Dang, somewhere dude. in there hours into the game already. And I'm only level 32 should show you, you're going to get your money's worth yeah. 
for a $40 purchase. Even if you, I'm, I'm a Care Bear who has played it largely single player. I've done the Amrine Expedition like four times now with Guildies, but the rest of the time I've played, I haven't touched PvP. I just do quests, harvest, mm -hmm. craft, make all my own shit, and progress through the game. Right. And if you look at it that way, I've gotten here's a good example i paid 40 bucks for star wars squadrons and i got six hours out of that game and was fairly disappointed in that game when i got mm -hmm. finished because i was expecting x-wing you know tie fighter whatever um and then i got you know a mm -hmm. six hour campaign that i was like i just spent 40 bucks on this what the hell right dude oh man i don't know man i i think that there are a lot of good games that you can try like i may not be playing new world but like you know i'm not shitting on it i've 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 been consistently saying i think it's going to be a good opportunity for a lot of people and it's probably going to deliver as a solid product yeah and long and short of it is it seems like it is right may not be my cup of tea it may not resonate but you know i'm not going to bash a game that's got potential it does you know, I could try to be objective. Yeah. It may not may not and, be my thing, but it doesn't mean it's bad. And uh, yeah. a, a AAA MMO coming out at this time and yeah. uh, doing well is good for the genre overall, right? Yeah, so. absolutely. 100% agree. Speaking of good for the genre. <laughs> in, in, in other news. Blizzard stuff. We got two articles here. <laughs> oh, there's way more because I haven't linked all of them. <laughs> well, let's keep it. Let's try to keep it general and not like make too much of a segment out of it, but just hit on the the, the main bits that people would want to want or need to digest. I think the most important thing to know is yeah. that the lawsuit that initially came against in the state of California has now been called into question by the federal government yes. because they reached a settlement with blizzard for 18 million dollars and the lawyers for the state of california lawsuit said hang on a second we need to block that that because there's some information related to that 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 we need access to for this lawsuit and all this other stuff well then we come to find out the federal agency kicked back at the state agency and said hey there's a conflict of interest because mm -hmm. two of the lawyers who are working for you were working on this settlement agreement like years ago so now they've that's a conflict of interest. And so that has thrown into question the entire efficacy of the lawsuit in California. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, then the, the state agency was like, well, we're going to fire these two guys and bring on additional new lawyers to so that we're not in a conflict of interest so that we can continue. Mm -hmm. A smart team of lawyers, which Blizzard has, is going to latch on to this and try to get that case thrown out for um, oh, yeah. all of these various – snafus that have happened now yeah. because of conflicts of interest and all this other stuff which means there is a chance now that blizzard could get away scot-free with all of this stuff and get this lawsuit mm -hmm. about the sexual harassment and everything else completely thrown out there is a chance chance of that happening now just a little which is a little concerning you know yes. maybe not just a little it's, it's a lot concerning because you're talking about accountability and this i mean how long did it take them to put this together in the first place you know, and multiple when, years, boy, like if something years, gets tossed so. out, what happens? A lot of the times, you, depending on the circumstances, you don't always get to go back for a second shot at the same thing. No, sometimes a, not, not usually not very often. There is a and I forget the legal terminology for it, but there is a there's a 
there is legal terminology that basically says if you take someone to court or arbitration or something, if you don't throw everything in the kitchen sink at them during that initial lawsuit, you can't come back later on and try to say, yeah, but also this, because mm-hmm. the yeah. judge will say, no, 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 no. Why didn't you bring that up? You had your chance. Yeah, you had yeah. your chance, and now you can't. Yeah, you might be able to go, no, like, I'd like to revisit this, but you can't go, hey, also, let's go ahead and re-roll this and add this stuff. It's like, you had your chance to throw that stuff in there. You should have been prepared. You know, that was your opportunity to do your, you know, do. Yeah, it's, it's that that is so true that you can literally uh, get off for murder and write a book about how you murdered that person. And th- there's just nothing that can be done about it. Right. Yeah. It's happened. To people. It's also, uh, we can also look at. Um, I'm not trying to get political, but no, the Cosby know. case was a good example of this because um Cosby was convicted of all of these things, and then it came to light that he had cut a deal with the prosecutor years before that he wasn't allowed to be criminally charged for this thing, and then that was the thing that they criminally charged him for, and so the the ruling said, well, we're not allowed to charge him for that because he made this plea deal all these years ago, so we have to release him, and a lot of people went, that's not fair. There's no justice in that, and it's like – well, unfortunately, that's the way the justice system works. Like you have your one shot to do things, and that's what plea bargains are and immunity agreements and everything else. You're not always going to get the justice that you want because the system isn't set up that way, um, for better or for worse. Um, I would argue that the United States has one of the fairer legal systems on the planet, but it's also one of the most uh, – like we see some of the most excessive types of lawsuits happen and also yeah. things that can drag on in court for years and years and years and years and years and and people can keep throwing things in discovery and dragging it out for 10 years i mean it's ugh. um but it is a complex system that does work fairly efficiently even though there are some downsides to it um, yeah dude so this is kind of the deal right now with the Blizz situation. Cool, we've talked about it. We can move on. I kind of, I kind of just, kind of just like uh about a lot of that stuff over there. You know, I, I want to talk about something a little bit more on the brighter side. Then we got, we have got a topic we haven't even hit on yet, which was the point of the well, show. Well, hang on, I do got to talk about one thing about before we move away from Blizzard. Yeah. One other thing: World of Warcraft Classic, the new server. Uh-huh. Um, you know, a lot of people had problems because. The game's old now, so it might have seemed hard back in then, but now, yeah. you know, they were just stomping the raids. So their new server uh, is going to ramp up the difficulty uh, in those raids, uh, which I think is a really good idea. When I read the article, I was hoping they were going to say they were going to up the difficulty completely, like the dungeons would be harder, etc. because there is talks of them ramping up the difficulty on the live version of World of Warcraft on the old dungeons as well. Because um, it just said it's too easy, you know, it's... It's getting to that point where it's too easy. It's you know not fun. It has to has to hit us at least a certain difficulty curve to even be considered fun. So I, with all the politics out of the way and all the stuff going on that's horrible, uh, that's a smart move. And uh, hopefully other people take note of that and do similar things in their classic re-releases. Because um, it's different, you know, playing a game now when you know all the stuff than it was back then when you didn't know all the stuff. You know. Right. Yeah, this brings um, – I know we're getting ready to segue, but I got one final thing I want to say on that. Um, 
this comes back to I had a lot of people doubting back when we first got Saga Lucimi kicked off, and I was t- telling you about how I wanted to develop dungeons that lasted weeks to months as opposed to 15 minute yeah. to 30 minute runs. And I got a lot of people on MMRPG.com. They're like, that's impossible. That's bullshit. It's not real. There's no such thing as dungeons that can last for weeks and months. And I specifically went and rolled on P99 with a group of six people. We did a static group and we went into and we leveled up in Freeport. We went straight to Befallen and we did like six weeks. And all we did was meet up like two, three times a week and we played. And all we did was we just worked our way through Befallen. That difficulty of dungeon back in the day where you couldn't just do a 15 minute hard run it was no you're going to go in you're going to clear this section spend a little time in this section get everybody get get the keys move into the next section get to spend some time there in that section before you can move to the next section and you literally were moving camps within the dungeon and it was a natural progression as opposed to a linear experience guck Um, is another good example where oh my gosh dude you could just be in there for a year you know what i mean in p99 you could spend a year in that dungeon um or more probably uh so yeah i agree that it is doable it's just they're thinking of an instance dungeon yeah where you you go through content and like yeah okay make one of those at last months might be hard but when you're talking about open world uh, you can do that for sure yeah i mean ashes of creations working on the same thing right with a a large number of their open world dungeons they progressively get more difficult to go through so you could be working on that for a long time before you can make it towards the end boss because they progressively get more difficult along the way yeah and there's and there's all kinds of tricks too yeah. right that you can do to to make your dungeon interesting right mm-hmm. uh pantheon rise of fallen's doing this um new world did it to a small degree uh where uh you have mob types that have they spawn with certain um uh dispositions mm-hmm. where they might rush the healer they might uh uh you know, whatever they might run away to go get more uh, people to help or or whatever. And so, not only can you just make a very large sprawling open dungeon that has tons of secrets and things and and mm-hmm. shortcuts and all this stuff in it, but you can also create mob activities to where they spawn in such a way that it creates new experiences every time too. I don't know if you the last build that you played sim of uh saga Lucimi before everything that happened mm-hmm. which was last april that build i remember um we got pushback from people because um uh one of the things i wanted to do for for a very long time was to what nathan was just tapping on but also expand a little bit deeper so what i did was design that zone in such a way and i said look i don't want there to be spawn timers for anything so all the spawn timers were randomized there was no Mm. set timer for anything and the other thing important is rather than the boss mob spawning in one particular place and having a placeholder that could spawn him the boss mobs or the lieutenants could spawn anywhere in that territory region and it was throwing people for a loop because they're like i saw him here he spawned here and they would spin the six hours like trying to get the boss mob to spawn in that spot again and he wouldn't because he was spawning all over the and i love that aspect that we can do now in mmrpgs with modern ai that you couldn't do in everquest back in right. the day. because now you can throw everybody for a loop and yeah some people get upset by it because they want to know this is a seven minute spawn timer so that i can get the camp on rotation and when you throw that out the window you can never establish a rotation for the camp because the mobs could be respawning anywhere from a 60 second to a you know seven minute window so it's always going to be randomized that kind of stuff i think makes for a far more uh difficult dungeon and it's a more 
it's a more fun way to solve a classic problem with the old school public dungeons too, where this big guild goes and locks down that freaking boss for the next seven years, right? Um, because they're gonna have to lock down the whole freaking dungeon, right? Because they don't know where exactly he's gonna spawn. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that the problems like that are what made instance dungeons become a thing is because that was a way to get rid of that problem, right? But now we're entering an age where you don't have to do it that way now. Now you have other options that Ashes has tons of tricks up their sleeve too yeah. to do open dungeons mm-hmm. and it feel different every time and for you to not have that problem. Yeah, so. absolutely. We got another game coming out though that, ooh, damn. If this doesn't, if this one doesn't look good, I mean, the video has always continued to be good. We don't have too much more on oh. it yet, but damn about... Oh, we're, are we segueing into Avowed? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that recent oh, yeah. article where they're talking about the they're going to have two-handed casting. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Like, yes. I'm imagining now finally being able to go in and have a game where I'm playing first person and then I've got semantic and all this other stuff going on for casting of spells. And they were talking about needing two hands to cast a fireball. And I'm just like imagining like pulling out a pinch of charcoal and like doing some weird things and then blowing on it and then boosh fireball, you know, I was like, Oh, this is going to be so cool. (laughs) Yes. Right there. While spell casters. Okay. So basically combat seems to be more loadout based than the elder scrolls games with class specific gameplay styles. Warriors will focus primarily on physical attacks with abilities like kicks and shield bashes while spell casters have the ability to bind magic to specific buttons. It will also be more colorful game than the latest elder scrolls, RPG Skyrim, the range of different environments, caves, forest temples, uh, some of which may be destructible. You also noted that this is based on the Pillars of the Attorney, which I did not I didn't know, know and that. I yeah, sure know, is. I did not know how I missed that because I remember when the announcement was first made, like a couple of years ago, and I was like, "That video was so cool," and like everything sounded so amazing. And then I'm reading this article, and I was like, "Wait a second, it's yeah. set in the Pillars." Yeah, now I have another reason to want to <laughs> go back and play the. I've played those games yeah. through twice each. They are freaking epic like they have established an amazing intellectual property with the pillars of eternity world the god system the souls the harvesting like the reincarnation like all of that Ah. stuff is incredibly intricate and i was like when i found out that this game was set in the same universe that even that like maxed my hype out i was like that and it's obsidian so i know they're not gonna fuck it up so it's kind of exciting man we don't really know release date for this still though do we no I, I bet now. it's two years out at the oh, it sucks, man. Now, now we closer do have than one... Elder Scrolls Six will probably be though, huh? Probably. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I would say though that Elden Ring is probably is going to come out next year. Uh, That's January, isn't it? Scheduled for January, or I, could be wrong. I thought uh, they just said. I thought I had to look. I thought it was just 2022, and they hadn't said the date yet. I could be wrong. You um, might be right. I'm double checking. Uh, it says initial release date January 21st, 2022. Oh. Wow, and that's going to be a crazy one, man. Yes, right. So I've been holding off on a PS5 because there's nothing launching that I care about this year, this calendar year. Mm-hmm. But I, my wife's already gave me the permission to like, I either wait until Black Friday and get a discount on it, or if there's no discount, I'm just buying it, whatever, on Black Friday, so that I at least have it by the end of November, so that I'm ready for stuff like Elden Ring that's launching in January. The one I can't get my hands on still down here is I, I there hasn't been an Xbox Series X available, and I don't want to buy a Series S. Yeah. Um, 
because I really do want to play Halo Infinite, and that's December. And I'm like, I don't, good. I don't think I'm getting a Halo. I don't think I'm getting an Xbox because they're just not available. But Elden Ring, sorry. Um, for Looking fantasy good. games, it looks amazing, and it's right around the corner. Like we're just like three months out, basically. So. And you know it's going to be so hard, dude. Well, you know, like is. they're gonna they're gonna crank that difficulty, man. It's gonna be Get it's gonna be a, a long journey, man. I'm looking forward to it. And it's open too. world, so absolutely. I so, do. I do yeah. think. I do think. Avowed, by the way, is going to be more like Outer Worlds, less like Elder Scrolls, and more like Outer Worlds okay, in the way probably. the world is built. You mm -hmm. know, like big giant open areas, but more like zones, not you know, like Elder Scrolls was just like one giant map that right. procedurally loads or however that however that. That's works. a good estimation to make considering what they've done in the past. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that video, man. Every time I go back and look at it, I just get these like Tolkien vibes. But like, you know, you see like the one hand, he's got like a sword. The other one, he's like basically like car, like, you know, making the markings in front of him, like with magic, like marking the, the spells and like signing them out in front with one hand and a sword in the other. And you're just like, oh, that is that is the kind of high fantasy I'm talking about. Yeah. Ooh. They, they, oh. Both those developers from software and obsidian, both their games, man, they they understand how to make that really good fantasy world where it's like it's dark, it's like super dark, yeah. you know, but it's also beautiful at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and the creatures from that from software comes up with too is uh pretty fantastical. Um not many, not many developers uh make Usually, usually, actually, what developers do is they take the D and D monster player manual yeah. and they just kind of change up a Great little creations. bit, you know, which is fine. I'm not knocking on that. That's fine because there's a lot of material there to work with, but not from software. This stuff doesn't exist anywhere but in their games. Like it's pretty wild. Yeah, dude. That's kind of like um, if you've ever watched a lot of um, Guillermo del Toro's movies, like starting with Pan's Labyrinth. You know, he he has mm. a very unique did, did any of you guys watch um oh why am i blanking on he did a vampire show on fx uh it ran for a few seasons oh dude oh, what i, I remember but i can't remember the name it's not ringing any bells to me dang but yeah pan's labyrinth that's a good, uh, good. that's a good example too mm -hmm. of that kind of style yeah of, he comes up with very the the strain that was the that was the name of that show. Oh, um, yeah. he has done his work within the fantastical and like even his versions of Hellboy had some extremely unique um, monsters and creatures within it. But Pan's Labyrinth has always been the one that I go back to as like a visual style that is so different than anything we've ever seen mm -hmm. before. And then that just kind of carried through through some of his movies. For those of you who haven't watched The Strain, I would highly recommend it. You need a strong stomach for it. It is one of the coolest original takes on vampires that I've ever seen. And it is just a nasty graphic show um, that makes you cringe just about yeah. every single episode uh, in fear and terror. <laughs> Dude. It was very well done. Yeah, I like that gritty stuff. But that that avowed game, man, it was like that. Something about the arrow just dropping down to that cave. I was like, ooh, that's got, that's got some vibes, good. man. Yeah. You know, 
last time when we did, we had our last podcast, said we were going to talk about this. I mean, I don't know how much time we've got here. Gentlemen, how much time you got? I want to make sure we got time for I'm this. good, but I, I'm going to bio really quick before yeah. we dive in because this is a deeper conversation. So yeah. I'll be right back. I got, I got to check with Nathan too because time wise. Yeah, all I've got, uh, I've got time. Uh, okay. I've got the Pantheon stream, but I've still got some time. Okay, good. Yeah, it shouldn't be too long conversation, but I guess I'll go on ahead and preface this. I, I prefaced it last time, and it's this this element of tribalism in gaming. And, you know, I did the video, I posted it, whatever. It was ma- basically just a short little rant of mine uh, that I got kind of posted out there and everything. And, you know, it's, it is, there is tribalism in gaming, right? And this is sort of our final topic, if you will, right? We've been on, we've been on route around here, it, kind of with our sides towards going towards D and D and, and you talking about different games and we variety of gaming is a big, is a big thing on the show. Right. And we talk about multiple MMORPGs and it's interesting how, when you, you know, we can have a podcast and people can want to contribute to the conversation. Right. But, you know, when you when you are a content creator or you're just a general gamer and you sort of go and start playing something else, but but really more specifically, I notice it in content creation, but it's it's absolutely not a content creator specific thing. It just seems more apparent and obvious to me because I see it firsthand very, very, very directly. Whereas if you're playing a game and there's sort of that element going on. You, it's more subtle, I think, because it just how easily can someone playing a game, you know, who decides that they want to try something else just seem like they're just kind of AFK or not as active. We see people that kind of like aren't as active sort of fade out sometimes when we're playing games with people or games and communities. But when you're a content creator, you specifically notice it, right? We talked about it a little bit last time, too. You'll be sitting there and you'll be playing one game and you're enjoying it. And then you start playing another one. And now sometimes if you shift directly to just doing that one, totally get it, right? It's like, oh, you were doing a bunch of stuff here. You shift over here. As a content creator, that's something that normally happens. You shift from one game to another, you could lose your audience. It happens all the time. It's normal. Yeah. But when you don't shift completely away and you actually now are just kind of like, you know, enjoying more than one thing, I find the tribalism stands out a lot more, right? I've seen it when I've gone from the Elder Scrolls to Ashes specifically in the past. You would see like the people like they would talk badly about the game. They talk shit about it. You see them in chat. You can tell they don't like it. They're very obvious about it. And then they just kind of like disappear or they just completely disappear because that's, you know, what they want to watch, what they want to play. They don't care about anything else. But I'm more talking about the people that get kind of toxic about it and get sort of like. You know, they talk shit about it. They talk shit about it, that you play another game, that you're not over here doing this one, that that one's a bad play. You shouldn't be doing it like that sort of vibe. Right. Or you see it, too, in in the game's chat specifically. Right. Where someone's like, oh, I was playing this and this was really cool. And then you'll have somebody in that, like, let's say, called zone chat. Right. They'll be talking in zone chat. They're talking about this game they were playing over the weekend or something. And then someone will just completely shit on the game. And then they'll end up being this like thing that starts happening. Right. So it's that tribalist or sort of tribalism perspective that you see play out where this is the camp. And if you step out the camp, you know, you're like kind of a traitor to the cause or you're not really a true fan of this game. Or if you're playing something else, well, everything else kind of sucks because it's not this. That's what we're talking about. Right. And I think it's super damaging, man, because, you know, 
you could have someone who's working on a really good game and automatically a number of people can actually focus on like, well, it's, you know, look at the graphics. They're bad. Well, the game's in development. Why are you making a comparison about graphics? So they kind of have this perspective automatically that it's not good because it's not in the camp. And so it's like, man, you see this sort of happening. And then we're kind of wondering like sometimes why, you know, when we see these different games that are out, like why it is that people sometimes don't try it. They're not willing to give it a shot. And, you you know, then it's like you see sometimes like, you know, a game comes out, you know, people are talking bad about it and you're hanging out with your friends. They don't want to try it. Game launches. You go and you try it yourself years down the road. Maybe now you weren't hanging out with your homie. Maybe you're not homies anymore. Maybe they don't play the game anymore. You go try it out and it's like, shit, you really like the game. And it's like, damn. How tribalism got in the way of a good time or a good thing, right? So it just seems that more and more often there seems to be more tribalism. And you see it. I agree. Specifically, I notice it the most with MMOs, probably because I cover them, probably because, you know, that's my primary focal point. I mean, aside from the random RPG here and there, like Zelda or something else that we all like have grown up liking or whatever. We just enjoy for whatever reason, the Witcher. You know? Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. What do you, what do you all think about that? Like, what do you notice I've, in that regard? I've, I've seen it lots of times, right? Because, um, you know, uh, I started my channel off, uh, with Pantheon, right? It was just still my main focus, still the game I'm waiting on, still my, my love. Right. But, you know, I, I also play other games and I talk about other stuff. There's, not enough information for me to every day make a video about Pantheon. Um, But there was a time period where there was right, where there was so much information that, and I had so many questions and so many theories and so many, you know, to where I made 500 freaking videos and they came out pretty quick, a few a week. Um, But you know, it's just, what am I just going to keep talking about the same thing? I don't want to do that. Right. So I've already talked about all those things. And now I'll just mainly talk about the new stuff as they come out. So it's yeah. not as often. It's maybe twice, two or three times a week. Right. But mm-hmm. I'm not just going to quit making videos. So I'm going to talk about other RPGs and MMOs, et cetera, in the meantime. And uh, I personally have been just jumping subscriber wise from 9,500 to 9,510 for three months. Uh, because a lot of people are like, ah, you're not making Pantheon videos anymore. Ah, you're not, oh my God, you've left, but you know, the, you're not doing that anymore. And it's like, dude, I still am, right? It's just, I'm not going to sit here and keep talking about the same things, right? Like, I've already discussed them. They're already on my channel. And if I find a new topic, I will absolutely blab my mouth about it. Um, and the other thing I found is like, uh, even when it, go, it get, it, it's like multi-graded, right? So like, if I start playing, uh, like I'm playing Zelda Ocarina of Time, making walkthroughs of that, right? Because mm. um, I feel like it's a really good time to do that because the Switch versions come out. I love that game. I know everything about it, so I can do that. But then if I make a video in between about, say, which I will, uh, the Zelda remake, some people will say, oh, my God, now you're not making any more. You're not going to finish up the series on the Ocarina of Time. It's like, dude, chill out, man. Like, <laughs> I'm going to do it, all right? Like, uh, but... You know, and that's within the same game series, yeah, you is. know, but but it, it doesn't matter. It's just like uh, and and I think the the main reason why is because they know that we're just some dudes in our own home office making videos and we have the freedom to do whatever we want. 
And to somebody that really likes you because they think mm -hmm. they know you and because they think that they're like you because they share something, Pantheon, for example, for me. And then I start saying, hey, I'm having fun in New World, which is nothing like Pantheon, right? They're like, right. oh, yeah. not like me. It turns out uh, and they feel they feel betrayed. And it's true. like, don't feel betrayed. We're different people, right? Like I, I don't normally even like action games. I just happen to think. New World's pretty cool. You know, it's not the best game ever or nothing, uh, but it's a fun time. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like it's like a, a girlfriend that you know you're not going to marry, right? But, hey, you're having fun. She's a nice girl, and, and, and you're, you know, you're going to stick it out and see what happens, but you know that you're not marrying this girl, right? Uh, it's kind of the same thing, but it, it, it feels personal to a viewer, I think. Um, yeah. And, and, and if you think about even in high school or when you were younger – uh, playing video games, right? And uh, I had friends that played um, uh, Gears of War, for example, right? And I liked mm -hmm. Gears of War, and I mm -hmm. played it with them. But I'm not a big shooter guy, but I like Gears of War, and I played it with them. But then when RPGs came out, I was like, okay, screw you guys. I'm not playing Gears of War right now. I'm playing this <laughs> RPG or this MMO or whatever. And they felt betrayed too. So it's not just yeah. – I remember them being like, bro, you don't play Gears of War anymore, dude. What's up? And it's like, dude, I I will sometimes – but I also actually like video games as a, whole. as a whole. So I play other things. I'm not just going to play the same Gears of War every single day. So <laughs> it exists everywhere. It's even, I would say that for 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 my content, because I didn't come, I, I'm coming into the content creation game a lot later than the two of you because mm. I spent basically seven years as the front man for an MMORPG. And so I built up an audience from that. And the perspective that I have with tribalism from that perspective is a little different as well yeah. because um, it exists to a level that it's obnoxious and you want to just tell people to shut the fuck up sometimes <laughs> because they'll come into your forums and they'll make these huge ranty posts about all the things you need to be doing with your game to make it like the game that they love the most. And it's like, yeah. I'm not making the game that you want me to make just I'm for making, you. Right. Right. Just I'm for you. My game, that person. Yeah. Singular person. I'm making the game. That's my creative vision. And you can either enjoy my creative vision or you can fuck right off because I don't need you to be here complaining about what no. you don't like about my game. You either like it or you don't. It's like vegans who stand outside of a hamburger restaurant and apologies to any vegans in the audience right now and are like, meat eaters suck and you all need to die. And, and it's like, get out of my way. I want a hamburger. Like I'm not hurting you by having a hamburger. I'm going to go eat my burger. The important you know? it's, yeah. and, it's a, and it's a two way street too on that too. Right. So like if there was, if meat eaters, I don't know that they really get together <laughs> like that, but if they did and they went to uh, you know, uh, whole foods or whatever, and you know, like through a fit, like, Hey, you don't eat meat. And oh my God, what's wrong with you? Then, you know, and they do actually, you know what? They do do that. They just don't protest it. They do it like online. They'll just come and, throw a little comment their way like oh well you're skinny and look like you're gonna die or whatever right? i've seen some fun ones where a guy will show up with like a pound of steak at oh uh, i've seen some of that yeah festival and he'll just be like nomming down but the from the development side you know i saw tribalism at i would say it's most at its most toxic because you get the people who come in yeah may or may not have purchased your game may or may not have pre-ordered and they have in their mind the worst ones in my mind are the ones who did pay the pre-orders. And I feel like the whales can often be the biggest <laughs> crybabies because they mm. think that they have some sort of a right 
to make changes to the game because they put X amount of yeah, it's because they put X amount of dollars into it. And it's like, well, you didn't invest. This is not an investment you no. pre-ordered. That's Perceived different. entitlement. You, yeah. And even investors, depending on how you've set up your contract, often don't have any say in the product that you're making. It's, it's so I saw that tribalism over the course of those seven years very deeply and, and from a very toxic perspective from a handful of people, because most people who come on board are very excited about what you're building, but there is a, you know, there is a very small, and I would even argue like, um, cause she, she has vehemently made it obvious that she hates my guts. Um, Bree from over at massively OP, um, and, and vehemently disagreed with everything that I was doing as the creative director of that project in terms of, um, showing her tribalism and, 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 and saying, you know, group-based games are dead. You know, nobody wants to play a group-based game. And it was funny because I remember when we went into, and I'm, I'm outing some people here, so this is going to be fun because you know, she might come back and say something. So I remember I'll one of the times I went, into the, I went into the Shroud of the Avatar offices when they still had their offices. And we were talking about her one time, and they were showing us how uh, the, her log details, how she would log into Shroud of the Avatar, and she never plays with anybody. She just solos her whole way through the game. So she's a solo type player mm. in an MMORPG and yet wants to make claims about how, you know, the, the, the people don't like group based content. It's like, no, what you're doing is you're saying you this is your personal worldview. You, yeah. your worldview is you don't like group based content, which is fine. Everyone's it allowed to have fine. it, yeah. but you're allowing that tribalism to take place where you're trying to dictate that your tribe says that this style of gameplay is the only relevant and valid way to play a game and therefore your entire platform if you read massively op their their platform is largely about how grouping in games sucks and you need to have things like a mini map and a group finder and and they love solo quests one of the guys Justin, yeah. I think is his name, wrote a review about Lord of the Rings Online when Mordor came out, and his whole article was bitching about how it it sucked so bad how long it took to kill mobs solo, and he wanted it to be faster. And it's like, dude, you're playing it by yourself. Like, if you want it to go faster, find a couple people. Find a group. Yeah. Find a group. It'll go faster. You know, so tribalism, I've seen it from the developer perspective and then flipping it back around to the content creator perspective because I came into this later than the two of you. Yeah. Um, I'm also, my channel started off when I very first started doing my YouTube channel, like three years ago, it was, I was just doing retro games. Like I did like a portrayal at Crondor quest for glory one. Like I went back and played some really old point and click adventure games and, and that was it. And then I started doing star Wars Republic and Lord of the Rings online and Lotro has been like the mainstay. And I've gotten a lot of people who followed from Lotro, but as the channel has grown, so have I. And so I've started to do things like I'm going to start playing RPGs and, oh, now I'm going to start reviewing games. And then I'm going to, oh, now I'm going to start doing the Lotro cooking in real life show and doing recipes. And, oh, Looks by the way, cool, I'm also by the gonna, way. it's, like it that. is cool and it's a lot of fun and it's good food. So if you like good food, yeah, dive in. That's pretty cool. Like um, and then recently I got a Kindle. So now I'm doing book reviews from time to time. And what, what bothers me about what you two were just talking about from that content creator perspective is like, the ones that get me the most traffic these days or the most amount of views and or subscribers is, is the, the, the reviews that I do or occasionally I'll have a viral, a video go viral about something. So recently I did the, I did my build for new world. I did a build. This is my build and how I'm playing it. And that video 
blew up. It got like 9,000 views in mm-hmm. like a week, which for me is blowing up. Um, that is big, yeah. And I got like real, 80 yeah. new subscribers from that, right? That initial rush. Well, then since then, I've put out like nine new videos and none of them are about New World. And so I've lost yep. about 15 of those yep. people. Because yep. they're yeah. like, well, oh, because yeah, I put out like three or four New World videos in a row. So they thought I was going to be producing lots of New World videos. And then I'm like, oh, but I'm also streaming Star Wars or the Poke with my brother. And then I put out a cooking episode. And then I do Mondays and MRIPGs. And then I do my Monday Musings vlog. And then I do a book review. And then that's like 15 or 20 of them are like, fuck off. You're not doing New World videos. And that's, I find that it's slightly annoying. But at the same time, everybody has the right to yes. their personal sure. tastes. Sure. Yeah. But that tribalism. This circles back around, I think, to the um, – oh, I'm totally blanking on the terminology for it. It's the uh, – like on Facebook, you like the things that you like, and you hide the things that you don't like. So you uh, only ever sing things that you uh, – re- uh, what's that? There's the terminology for it. I can't remember it right now. Yeah, but I know what you're uh, talking about. I was going to get into that. I think that's the bias, problem. Um, uh, so, something uh, bias. Confirmation bias? Confirmation bias. Actually – which is actually exactly where I'm going, which if people don't know what confirmation bias is, it's it, okay. So I actually saw a video about ESO the other day and they're talking about how everything's wrong, how it's cringe and how it's this and that's that some dude on you on YouTube and everything. And there was no objective, no objectivity, no objective perspective to anything he's saying. Right. So you're presenting things as like, this is the state of things. This is the case that you're making. Right. Well, the problem is, is that if, if all you're doing is trying to prove a point, Right. But you're not taking into account any of the other factors and weighing them in as well. Then it's not really credible from my perspective, like because you're you, it's confirmation bias all over the place. Right. Confirmation bias basically means I have a perspective and I'm going to prove a point and I'm going to go and I'm going to confirm my bias, which is my 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 preconceived notion, my viewpoint, my perspective. All I'm really taking into consideration is what can validate my stance, my thought, my feeling, et cetera, et cetera. Confirmation bias is when you have that thought, feeling, uh, perspective, et cetera, et cetera, and you only go and seek out the things and and everything that you seek out will confirm that bias, right? It'll 100% confirm it, right? But you'll never allow anything to be in conflict or to contradict that either, and it will never be part of the equation because you're only looking to confirm. So you'll think you have a valid perspective and viewpoint, and you will think you are absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, accurate, right, and nobody can prove you wrong. Well, because you're not open to the possibility that there is another perspective that could prove you wrong. There's a great quote by Aristotle. It is the thought of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Hmm. But unfortunately, most people just flat out don't want to accept anything that's different for you're automatically wrong like yeah and because you're wrong i can't be friends with you or i can't hang out with you and it's like i don't know when that man this might skew political um i apologize in advance i don't know when that happened like where this tribalism aspect of if, you're, if, if your difference of opinion if your opinion is different than mine we can't be friends I was like, that is such a ridiculous thing to me because, yeah. and I've talked about this on the show. Yeah. I'm not religious. Um, I, I would classify myself as probably agnostic. I lean towards atheists, but you know, I, there could be something out there. I'm not opposed to it. I grew up in a very Christian family and I just, over the years have, have grown out of that. Whereas my wife is very 
religious and like she like i've talked about it often when i'm streaming on sundays or something like she takes she has wednesday night classes and mm -hmm. and bible study and sunday night bible study and my brother's religious yeah. you know him and his whole family and 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 the, but that doesn't impede us from having yes healthy relationships right. now we're not right. gonna we're not gonna agree on certain things when we talk um but who cares like yeah that shouldn't be can still enjoy each other's time and respect each other and right yeah 100 percent. i agree i I've... don't get it like the tribalism thing drives me nuts it really does cause yeah or it's like oh you like this now i thought i knew you and you're like what yeah yeah nathan had a good point like yeah. i thought i knew you you're not the person i thought you, you were. clearly didn't yeah. take the time to actually get to know me then you right. came into it with your preconceived notion of who i am you watched and, three of my videos and thought yeah. that you knew and honestly though it is it's i think it's getting magnified right i think, I think so too human, humans have a natural tribal instinct sure, from way sure. back right yeah that's how we survived for you know thousands of years or what have you uh but so it's built into our DNA somewhere that for survival, you need to. So and that's why, you know, if you go to a, a dinner party or whatever, you'll see people will start clumping in groups. Right. And it could be over anything. Right. And the, the thing that's interesting to me is um, I just watched this psychology thing and this all ties in where it was talking about how men typically there's always exceptions. All right. I can't just lump men in one big category, but for the, for this, most of us will understand, right? Because it's big enough a group of us. Uh, we really, honestly, just usually need to have one thing in common with somebody, that some other dude, and we're friends, right? And typically, not always, typically, that's it. That's good enough, right? And we're friends now, right? Like, uh, you know, we like him. You like him most, so do I like him most. Cool, we're friends now. Uh, you know, like, uh, and it's different for women. And I would get into it, but I, I didn't... Uh, it, I was so uh, taken aback by that that was so true that I don't remember what they said about women. But uh, the point is, is that tribalism exists in our nature and we're never going to get over it. But the social media structure and the great algorithms are doing what Sim was talking about, which is it's just reinforcing that you're right because they know based on the algorithms that you like enjoy these things so therefore they're shoving more people that believe the same thing as you do in your face and before you know it you feel like the whole world agrees with you and then you're shocked and taken aback when somebody has a different opinion because you feel like what everybody i talk to feels the same way i do who the who are you you're confirmation some crazy bias. fringe yeah and the worst part about confirmation bias too is that usually that circle is so small that it, sh it there's no realistic way that that can be used as a case study for that opinion being correct because it's like at most 20, 30 people, right? And and of course, once you filter the news to the way that you want to see it, yeah. that obviously gives you a worldview that, that makes you think that your worldview is the only worldview that's valid. Yeah. But if you look at the actual circle of people, it's usually pretty small. Um, I would say that most people don't have a close circle of personal friends and family that's larger than 20 or 30 people that you know on like a first name basis. I would say that I don't know if that's true. I'm using that as my example. Yeah, that's exactly. um, and that's not a lot of people. Like it's 20 or 30 people that you know who you've just happened to cultivate, you know, similar viewpoints with. Um, but when you're talking about a planet where there's billions of people, it's like, or maybe you should just expand beyond your personal circle of friends and family in your small hometown and 
and and go from there. Um, but I do feel like, yeah, social media has exacerbated the the tribalism because of algorithms, and and, yeah. and it's not. I don't know that there's a way back from it. To be honest with you, I really don't. No, because um, the algorithm is good for doing what it does, yes. right? It is. I'm I'm not saying that all these algorithms are bad. Intrinsically, they're really good because it does give you what you enjoy more often, and therefore you're going to stay on that platform for longer, whether it be YouTube or Twitter or whatever. You keep seeing stuff that you like, and it just – you know, obviously that's good for their business, and you're having a good time. So it's one of those things where it's just – it's the unfortunate outcome – just like dungeon finders, right? Sure. Great solution, man. Great freaking solution to a very common problem that every single MMO player had, which was I don't have time to sit here for hours looking for a group. I just, you know, I have this little bit of time after work and I just want to play my freaking game. But so it's not the dungeon finders' fault that then communities fell apart and blah blah blah. It's 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 just the outcome of the residue of what happens when you do that, right? So I feel like algorithms are the same. It's just a side effect. Man, you know, you know what the downside is about about like when it comes to gaming though. And I saw some people, I think uh, Silverbell and a few others in chat talk about this earlier. It's like you know, it's it's a positive thing to go check something else out. Well, here's the other thing, right? I mean, if I don't take a break from a game I'm playing from time to time, here's the problem: I get burned out. Sure. It gets grindy, too much of the exact same thing. Anything, man. Dude. Like food. Like yes, yeah, if same. I eat, if I make a bowl of chili and there's enough there for like ten days, and I eat that motherfucker for ten days, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna want to eat chili for the next two years. Like, yeah. yeah, variety is the spice of life, baby. Yes, and when and and especially with content creators, because here's what happens: um, first, you're having a really good time because it's something you enjoy. Yeah. Then you overdo it, and then suddenly you dread doing it. Right? You yes. you do it because you have to because it's making it's putting it's paying you or whatever, yeah. um, and the people enjoy it, so you're doing it for them. But then beyond that, you keep going, and what happens is, and everybody's if you followed a content creator long enough, you've all seen it happen. Where suddenly mm-hmm. they just go batshit crazy, right? They they do crazy stuff, and they start. And what's happened here is they they've they were burned out and they just kept burning for too long and they turned into a crispy, crazy person, right? There's literally, uh, you know, it's not good for that person and it's not good for their audience either. Uh, So I think everybody that's in content creation has to have a little variety or you will go insane. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I may not always like, you know, stream it or make content around it, but I've, I've got to, man, I play Gwent. I'll play Gwent sometimes. I'll play Fortnite a little bit. Like I'll play the Elder Scrolls. I'll play Ashes when it's up. Like, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll, you know, the thing is with podcasting too, is like, you know how good it is for me to like have other conversations about things. Like the Ashes Pathfinder podcast benefits significantly from this podcast and vice versa because it's something different that I can bring to the table. You know, talking about Pantheon and you all being in your own spaces, right? Talking more about D&D and tabletop, it all contributes to this and it helps to make for a more fulfilling conversation or just a, a conversation that thrives a lot more. And the same for for whenever you play a game. For me, if I play something else, like the, when I come back, it's like it feels revitalized for me, right? I'm I'm excited to jump into this new world again. It doesn't feel like the same thing I'm seeing over and over and over and over and over and over. And that burns me out. I don't want to burn out over a game I like. 
I don't want to get exhausted about a game I like, you know, whether I'm creating content or otherwise, you know? And so sometimes that's all you're doing is you're just having also, a good time. Yeah. And some people have said there's that quote about if you do what you love, you'll never feel like you're working a day in your life. Yeah. And that is the biggest piece of bullshit quote ever made because there is a core a kernel of truth to that. But the moment you start doing something like Fuck you're grinding it, you're trying to make a living at it, you're you're yeah. you're trans you're transferring from hobby to full time. Yeah. The moment you start putting hundreds and then thousands of hours into something, it may remain fun for you, but there will be days when you're just like fuck this shit and you just throw your tools down and you need to go do something else for a few yeah. days. Because I've been doing. You know, I'm more going into like eight years or something on game development now. I've been a writer now professionally. I, I, I wrote my first story and sold it in early 2008. And I love writing. I love it. It beats working construction where I was, you know, third generation ceramic tile and natural stone contractor for years. It beats growing up on a ranch. I don't have to work in the elements. I could sit around in my boxes. I could be naked. I drink wine, smoke weed, do whatever I want. <laughs> it's a great job. But there are days when I've like got a deadline for something and it's just like, oh, this fucking sucks. Like I got to get this in by nine o'clock and, you know, my hands hurting or my eyes are hurting or, you know, something's my I'm just not feeling it. When you start taking that thing that you love and you start making a living at it there will be days when you hate it and i i think the better the best example i could give of this is when daniel craig finished the last bond movie a few years ago he did a bunch of press where he was like i'd rather slit my wrists than do another bond movie <laughs> and the reason was because like he blew out his knee and had to have surgery he had a bunch yeah. of a bunch of issues with that film and it was like his fourth one i think and after after you know like a nine month think about that nine months yeah, you're getting paid $30 million, but yeah. put the money out of the equation for nine a months. You're working 16-hour days for nine months on the same thing with a crew of like, you know, 250 people, and you are the leading man. And as much as you love acting and the money it pays and everything else, by the time you get done with that, you're like, I need like a six-month sabbatical. I don't want to act in anything. I'm never going to – I don't want to hear Bond. I don't want to touch Bond. Right. Fuck Bond. <laughs> you know. And that's just the nature of, yes, you can love something, but the moment you start doing full-time, there are days when you're going to feel it, as no matter the passion you have for it. And it doesn't mean you don't still love it. Correct. Right? doesn't mean you can, you can hop from one side of the line, from one camp or whatever to the other. And I've said it, like, I can, you know, I can play one game, love it, enjoy it, care about it, Go play something else and it doesn't diminish any of that, any of the care or the interest or the passion or anything for it. It just means, you know, it's we we aren't one thing we're as human beings and you got one life. Like I'm going to yeah. spend the time in my life for the one life I've got doing what I'm happy doing, you know, and when it comes and to everybody doing, should and everybody should. And if and if you know what and if people don't like it. Well, that's not, you know, you can't go judging me for wanting to be happy in my life. Again, it goes back to Redenfield's point is what I'm doing, harming another human being, my committing a, a epic crime to humanity, right. In society. And if no, then you know what I mean? Like, let's be happy, man. Let's all be happy. Let's do what we and love. I'll tell you what, for, for people um, that are listening or watching, 
if you expand your horizon a little bit and you yes. go into some other camps, what that actually it's not you're not going to suddenly oh, change your freaking whole viewpoint on the world. What's going to happen though is you're going to get some perspective, yeah. right? And when you go back to what you really do like, it might be that original thing, right? Or maybe you find some new things you enjoyed you didn't think you would. But yeah. even if you go around, you're like, I don't even like any of that stuff. When you go back home to where you do like, it'll feel like home. It'll feel really mm. good. And you'll respect it even yeah. more than you would have had you not had that perspective. Perspective is important. I've uh, I've been because I traveled full time for a long time. I've done a lot of the digital nomad thing for many, many years. And one of the things that I always struggle with is when I hear someone stating like worldviews and they've never left their hometown. They don't own a passport. <laughs> oh man, never, true that. They've never left their hometown. And they start making these these mm. just ridiculous statements about other cultures and other religions and other people. And it's just like like you need perspective before you can you know realistically and intelligently talk about subject matter. But also because it gives you the more the more perspective you have, intelligence is a pretty big deal and yeah the more the more you open yourself up the more you know the more intelligent you become and that makes you a better person at the end of it i think it makes you a better yeah person. and and something you get that actually transcends intelligence is wisdom right mm -hmm. wisdom you oh, don't man. just get you have to experience and you know wisdom comes with uh experience so um that was so good man that was a good yeah. transition. It is. <laughs> I like that. That was really good. You know, expanding your worldview or, you know, maybe the worldview you have for, for even gaming, man, it's all part of the same thing. And it, you know, helps you grow as a human being. And, you know, I think in a lot of ways, appreciate certain things in life that you might otherwise kind of probably not actually realize you're missing out on to some degree. There's a lot yeah, of things and that we can miss out on. Hamburgers. Yeah, like hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> or or uh, one, a veggie burger well, if that's your thing. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I'll, I'll tell you guys something. Like, <laughs> uh, probably everybody listening probably is into fantasy in some way or another. So I just want to say that uh, uh, when I was doing the D&D uh, &D Choose Your Own Adventure, I had to get out and try to find these locations, right? So I was going in, back in yeah, caves man. and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. I just got to say how wholesome that is, too. So beyond mm -hmm. gaming, right? Like, just going and trying to and seeing some of these real-life locations and then you know, using my imagination to be like, yeah, this would be really cool for this scene or whatever. And just seeing things real life outside of the, uh, outside, away from the television yeah. is uh, also super important and uh, wholesome and will, um, it's just good. So I think, I think that too, I think a lot of people in the fantasy genre uh, need to do a lot of that too. Yeah. Uh, triggering off of that um travel for me has always been the great educator because when you go to another country um especially when you start learning another language people think differently mm -hmm. and have because the language is not the same so i always like to use this example from spanish there is no you know in english we have the word to earn um so when you work you're and you are getting paid for that you're earning your salary right? You're earning your paycheck. There is no word that directly translates to that in Spanish. We have ganar, which is to win. Like you win the lottery, ganar la lotería, you win the lottery, but that's also ganar un sueldo. You, you earn a salary hmm. or you, you win a salary. The meaning in Spanish, when someone says ganar 
un sueldo, they know you're saying I'm working for money. So you're earning money, but they don't, there is no word for earn. So the, the, the cultural understanding of how things work is different based on the language and every culture has its own unique point of view, which is why traveling, I think is one of those things. Traveling helps you get a foothold in there because like you're saying, getting outside and seeing those things, but hearing other people and experiencing other cultures is great. Learning other languages is another level beyond that. But also I love, it's really hard to travel right now because of COVID and everything else. But I I think we're finally getting back to that Mm -hmm. point slowly, but surely. Um, I I think I love what you said, Nathan, you know, too many, I think there is a, a tendency for fantasy lovers to be homebodies whether they're socially inept or, or they've got physical things that we, we all hate things about ourselves. It's just natural. That's human. Um, but I, you're right. Like science fiction and fantasy nerds have always tended to be more homebody. And there's, it's, there's so much you can learn by getting out there and seeing the world around you and experiencing it firsthand. And plus, if you've never tried LARPing, <laughs> it's like I was a part of the Society for Creative Anachronism for nice. about six years when I was growing. That's where I learned how to fence. I learned how to do archery. I learned how to do leatherworking. I learned how to sew, make costumes. Um, that kind of stuff was a lot of fun. And growing up, you know, that was always done like in someone's field or at a park. And you're going out on a Tuesday for like three hours of dressing up in armor and like sword fighting. And and it's yeah, it's so much fun. Man, leave this Sorry, at a I really good point. Bit. LARPing man is a whole nother conversation because I'm we haven't ever had a conversation about that I know (laughs) you're dead you're dead no hold on all right friends I know we have had another long show today but you know part of the nature of things here we kind of get into rant mode then the next thing you know we're on we're on for a couple hours but that was a good show that was a lot of good conversation it's always a damn good time a lot of pleasure but uh with that being said, gentlemen, we got to wind this one down. Sadly, I know. Um, and in winding down, why don't we let y'all shout out your domains where people can find you when you're not on the show? No particular order, Renfell. Patreon.com forward slash Renfell, and that will be changing very soon. But that's the primary place we could find everything you want to know about what we're doing with the tabletop thing, mm-hmm. the lore of the world. I publish the chapters twice a week. Most recent one was last week. I got another one coming out next week. Um, point and click adventure game demo. My brother actually texted me during the show and he's like, I think I've got the demo ready, but I got one more hiccup. So he's trying to get that wrapped up. And then of course, uh, youtube.com forward slash friend fail for all of the stuff that I was talking about on the show that mm-hmm. I do. Oh, that's all done through there. All the stuff in Discord the Discord and all the stuff and links are all those things, places, things. Yeah. And Nathan. You can find me on YouTube, the Nathan Napalm, uh, for RPG content. I like how you're like RPG across the board, MMORPG, yeah. RPG, all the stuff and things. Yeah, all our, tabletop, all that. Do that. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, and go freaking subscribe. Get me past this freaking 9,500 <laughs> to 9,510 that I've been on for a month bouncing back. Dude, and forth. I've, I've been there. Uh, driving me crazy. I've, I've, I've been, been hovering like. 444 for like a week it's like dropped to like 435 bumped up to 450 yeah and it's like it's come new on. world it's freaking new world it has yeah. to be dude uh. <laughs> i've been i've been there with uh with the ashes channel too if you all feel better about it it's you know i think so too but it's fine friends we've got 
more in store in the upcoming shows and we might be the end of today's show but we are always looking for more to join the show the party rants always plentiful and friends till next time you all stay safe out there have a great night walk in the light and we will see you again next thursday 5 p.m cdt for next looking for more y'all have a great night everybody see you soon much love